everyone. Today is Friday, the 16th of March, 2018. This is The Gap, episode 410. I, I couldn't remember what episode it was, but it's written in front of me. Uh, my name's Luke Laurie and Job Gouray. How you going, Job? Yeah, I'm pretty good. You right? You've had a pretty good week, I hear. I have had a pretty good week. That good. Is What's true. going on? Oh, you know, just made these um, nachos last night. And uh, I used potato gems instead of corn chips. Yeah. And I think I might have started a food revolution because right. it's spectacular. I made the salsa from, like, scratch with all these chilies, like all these different kinds of chilies and tomatillos. I had to get a, a can of t- – oh, I didn't have to get a can of t- – I saw this can of tomatillos in the store. I went, what the fuck is that? Mm. Uh, and and I'm, I picked it up. I'm like, maybe it'll, maybe I'll make like a weird spaghetti with it, with these weird to- tomatillos. But um, they're not actually at all like tomatoes, so uh, you can't make spaghetti with them. Um, but you can make pretty good green salsa. So I, I did that, and then uh, then I got like some mints, and uh, you know, taco minced it up mm. that style, and. Yeah, put it on some potato gems. It was just amazing. I made a cheese sauce using sodium citrate. You get like 11 grams of sodium citrate and uh, like just dissolve it in water or milk. Yep. And then you add that same, like the same amount of liquid that you got. You add, uh, so you, I think it's I think 250 grams of water. Um, but you, then you add 250 grams of cheese or a little bit more if you want, you know, a little bit cheesier cheese and that's a cheese sauce man and it's a cheese sauce that won't like coagulate yeah which is brilliant utterly brilliant um so yeah that was pretty good it like remains cheese sauce so you could have like you you can make this and then you put it in the fridge and you can pour cheese sauce uh later on which was pretty good right um and you know i flavored that up just made these nachos, these potato nachos, potato gem nachos. Um, yeah. So it was a, a pretty good food week for you then. That was the most exciting thing that happened. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Essentially. All right. Should we talk about some games then? Let's do it. No, I'm the esports journalist of the year. Ah. Uh, yay. Yay. Uh, yeah, in the I'm world. Well. In the universe. And we're in Australia. Oh, um, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. What we happened had- there? So the the esports pro Oceania awards were on on um, on Wednesday, I think. No. What's today? No. Um, Today's Friday. Wednesday, yes. It was yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday. Uh, I, yeah, I, I worked it out because I needed Thursday to recover. But um, which is why we're so, caught. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the EGAA, uh, the esports. I've forgotten. Uh, Gaming Game, Association. Gaming Australia. Association of Australia. That's what I guess. And New Zealand, uh, as they're always keen to point out, um, had a conference all day that day. And then uh, the Esports Pro Oceania Awards were on directly afterwards. And uh, yeah, it was um, it was pretty good. The conference was good. There were... Um, it was definitely like it was front heavy. Mm. There were a lot of really good... Um, talks at the start of the day and uh the further it went in it went on the more sort of i guess insular it got like yeah like in the know you needed to be in the biz to know what was they'll talk yeah about. exactly and like as a member of the media like as a fan of esports uh 
um, it's very helpful. And as someone in the industry, it's very helpful to know, uh, to be like have stayed for those things. But as a member of the media looking for like story ideas, uh, it got far less useful the further on into the day that we went. But uh, f- like for that purpose, anyway. Um, and then uh, after that, yeah the pro oceania awards and it was like a dinner and all that kind of stuff but um yeah eventually i won you basically won an award as well um yes survivor got best uh was it gaming coverage or esports coverage coverage, yeah right how'd that go down (laughs) um it was it was well received i thought did did Um, they do speeches or like what was the like what was going on when they were? Oh, that, that was a whole thing. That was a whole thing. Um, so Miles from um, Spawn, no fuck, Screen Screenplay. Play. He works with uh, uh, Steph and Nick. Yes, uh, he's the esports guy for Screenplay, and um, I've hung out with Miles a couple of times now uh, on a couple of uh, trips and seen him around at events like multiple times or whatever. Uh, he's a good dude. But uh, he was he was hosting, and uh, repeatedly he was like, "Look, we're not doing speeches. We don't have time to do speeches. Just come on up uh, and um, accept the award, and we'll take a photo." And uh, yeah, there's no speeches. And uh, <laughs> you're gonna tell fucking Job Gore not to talk? You're crazy, fuckers. Well, then they like they serve the main meals, and then they're like. Uh, so they serve the main course, and then they're like, "Okay, so uh, we're going to start off with uh, the uh, the best esports coverage award, uh, and nominees are et cetera, et cetera." And Steve wins, Survivor wins, uh, and and he like recorded a video thanking everyone, right, <laughs> right, and I'm like, that motherfucker, I. Like, I actually came to the fucking dinner. There's no fucking way he gets to thank people, and I do not. So uh, when they did Best Esports Journalist directly afterwards, uh, I went up and I accepted my award and I took a photo. uh, And uh, it was, you know, as photos go of me, it was not that bad. And uh, and then I'm walking off and I'm like, fuck this. And I walked up to the podium and I tapped on the mic and I went... Does this thing not work, Miles? And uh, Miles is like, oh no, only only this mic on like on me. Like, oh cool. And so I started thanking people into the mic on his face, um, <laughs> just real speak. quickly, because uh, I was sitting with like Red Bull, and uh, so I wanted to know them uh, the, to let them know that I appreciated uh, them giving me money to write about esports, and um, yeah. That was about it. Uh, I did a proper thank you on uh, on Twitter later, but uh, yeah, apparently, like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people got to thank a lot of people later on. Mm. There was definitely time for thank yous, and there was a big period before we closed, uh, a large a large section of the night uh, where all we were doing was drinking as mm. fast as we could before they ran out of booze so uh yeah um, uh, they could have let us do proper thank yous just like play us play people off if they're taking too long whatever i wanted to do like uh i would have liked to do a proper thank you think Uh, although i didn't prepare anything i actually went in expecting to lose so uh yeah I didn't prepare an actual speech so i would have to wing it anyway wait you went in preparing to lose you're a you're a lunatic no (laughs) no 
first of all, there's two, there's two, there's method to my madness. First of all, right, if you expect to fail at every turn, any success is a pleasant surprise. Hmm. And second of all, um, uh, yeah, just I don't know. You think about my path to esports, right? And uh, you think about like when was when was our uh, first Dota two special? Uh, yeah, <laughs> five years, maybe six years ago. Uh, I think five. Uh, yeah, sure. So five years ago, uh, my attitude towards Dota was: I am going to sit here and laugh at Luke <laughs> for loving his Warcraft mod. And um, yeah, and from there, like it is pretty crazy to think that from that person. So in here, I could be the esports journalist. I did not expect that it would go down like that. It is, I think, more about the voice that I have, like the ability to project that voice to such a wide array of people. And, of course, the strategy that I took, like that I've adopted to sort of lift esports players as opposed to you know, I don't do much opinion stuff. Uh, actually, that's probably the, the real reason why I won the award, because I didn't really share any of my fucking opinions on Red Bull esports. Um, so nobody has to get really angry when I have a highly objectionable opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, if you think about that trajectory, why why would you? Why would I think that I was going to win? That's crazy. Uh, there are definitely people who have been working at it for longer. And it is uh, absolutely uh, a, a large deal of uh, luck that I, you know, obviously, like, as always, you know, people put fucking work in. And I did work hard. Um for over the course of the last year or the last two years that I've been doing esports, I've worked very hard to understand the fucking concepts and whatever, uh, and you know, understand the scene and uh, get involved in a way that I think is helpful. But yeah, at the same time, yeah, there were definitely people who have been working at it for longer, just as hard. And um, yeah, it is just the fact that they don't have the fucking the crazy amplification system that is Red Bull esports yeah. that makes it a bit harder for them to be as noticed as I am, you know? Yep. And, yeah, I guess that's all it was. But um, And you also didn't have to go up against me, which, you know, you wouldn't have won because best gaming coverage, you're lucky. It's true. Well, <laughs> I mean, so anyway, like, you're, you're, you're the esports coverage for Survivor, aren't you? Like, in a way, the Gap won yeah. best esports coverage. Sure. Really? We got the best esports coverage... And the best esports journalist. So I guess we're the best esports podcast now. It is true. Um, Shit. Just just do some fact checking for you as well. Our first uh, Dota Two International pod- podcast. It says podcast here. Um, oh, yeah, we did it at a pub. Did it at a pub. <laughs> was in 2013, and that was with uh, Zorin, who at the Shit. time was working at um, Gamespot. She's now at. She went to Yahoo at one stage. Was doing esports at Yahoo, and now she is. I'm not sure where she is now. She's doing video content. I think she is like yes. her own sort of. Thing. Yep. Um, and also with uh, Tim Stobo, who was uh, formerly worked at, at Team Bondi on uh, L.A. Noir and, and KMM, KMM mm. uh, which didn't release anything. Um, but then yep. he went on to work at uh, Gorilla Games and was the lead designer on um, Rise, uh, Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn. Dawn. Yeah, so that was a while back. That and, was a while back. And Zorin just fired up Payday 2 on my Steam. Oh, <laughs> really? popped up, yeah. <laughs> 
She's at, she is she's not doing like she's at Esports Network, I think. They're like a startup. I think I'm pretty sure I saw she got a gig with them yeah. real recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's doing pretty well over there. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean we're I, on board with all this stuff, right? We're gonna talk about being lucky that uh, certain people weren't involved. I am very lucky that Zareen was not involved (laughs) (laughs) at the awards. But they were focusing on local uh, esports journalism. So, uh, bullet dodged. Um, Yeah, I know, Scott, because I was like, why? Like, there were a couple of instances of there. I feel like there's some pretty big Australian personalities overseas, especially in, like, the Dota scene, obviously, um, with uh, KP not being nominated for, like, best player. Who was um, uh, Anna got nominated? Yeah, but- Anna got nominated, and KP didn't. That one's crazy to me. Yeah, so KP, for anyone that doesn't know, is a, an Australian Dota two player, um, and he was ranked six in esports earnings last year, yep. for, like amongst all games. Yeah, um, and for him not to be on that list, I thought was a bit strange. <laughs> um, and the other one is like some of the casters. I, I think that uh, like Toby is obviously a big. Um, yeah. Dota 2 caster for him to not be recognized in like personality stuff is a bit strange um, yeah. considering like he started his own like business and um, you know made a big name for himself he's casted like a lot of grand finals in, in the Dota scene um, yeah. like, the biggest the biggest tournament esports tournament in the world yeah um, and then you've also got uh, you know a couple other Australians in, in the scene that are overseas it seemed to be a weird a weird mix um, I just wasn't sure what they were kind of going for with some of that stuff well yeah it was definitely uh local success but like local like, focusing in on on the local scene you know um as opposed to aussies abroad i think it was it was mostly just because it was the like you know the inaugural one and so uh it's better to just get something started and work out yeah. stuff like that along the way um, good, like benchmark or, or, or guideline type just to get like the first one going yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, uh, that was pretty good. I've got uh, I've got a really good story out of that night as well. Yeah. A really good one. Uh, went to a bar afterwards um, with uh, with some of the people from Blizzard. And uh, we went to the Baxter, uh, which is like a whiskey bar. And we went and grabbed some high quality, like actually fucking really nice whiskey. It was awesome, uh, and continued to just pound beers. And, it's a good uh, bar, other than there's it's fucking packed every rammed, time I go in yeah. there, and you cannot talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like um, uh, like we've been to a couple whiskey bars. Like um, there's that Tokyo one- Bird. Yeah, that one's Japanese like one. Really like smaller places, but they're not like they're full, but they're not la- like jam packed full of people. Yeah. Whereas this is just fucking ri- it's ridiculous. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, goofy. Um. So anyway, we were there, and um, and they got a message uh, that there was like an after party at another bar nearby called Spawn Point. And uh, so we headed over there after we finished our whiskey and um, we headed over and we were going on in and there was a sign and it was like closed for a private event. And we're like, well, like, yeah, probably us. That's all good. And so we walk in mm. and uh, wander up to the bar and um, this woman comes out from behind the bar and I recognized her from the awards night. Because uh, she was like handling things behind the scenes and stuff, uh, she was like everywhere, all over. She was actually uh, 
handling things at the conference as well. She was just, she was very busy all day. And then I guess she had to run this bar afterwards, but, uh, she comes up and she's like, uh, sorry guys. Uh, this is a private event tonight. Uh, so I'm going to have to ask you to leave. We're not open tonight. I'm like, Oh yeah. It's for the, uh, esports pro awards. Right. And, uh, and she goes, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, sorry. So it's, you know, you have to have attended that. Um, to, to come in. So this is the after party. So I'll have to ask you to leave. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I, I was there. Um, I actually won an award. Uh, you, you might not believe it, but I won an award. And so is this guy and appointed um, Dan from Blizzard. And, uh, and she's like, oh, that's good. That's good. But uh, I actually handled all the awards and I know that neither of you won any awards. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, well, um, actually, I could prove it, though. Uh, and I, I spin around my backpack uh, and I whip out my award and then I, I grab it and I'm like, yeah, according to this thing, it says I'm the esports journalist of the year. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like halfway through, like, what? Oh, are you? And then. Dan pulls out, um, like, another award, and he reads it, and he's like, and I'm Hoo-Woo, Rookie of the Year. And Because <laughs> <laughs> he was carrying all the awards for the uh, people, like... The Blizzard the, teams, bl- yeah. Yeah, Blizzard teams who hadn't made it, like, hadn't attended. And so... Uh, <laughs> So I think she was about to believe me, but then she was like, did you like steal those awards? And uh, I'm like, well, no, no, what? And, Does Dan uh, not look like a professional gamer? Dan's like, <laughs> He's got a beard. sorry, my mistake. I am PJ Russell, a pillar of the community. And pulls out PJ's like massive pillar of the community yeah. award. And she was, she was uh, looking pretty concerned. And then like Joel uh, Van Dahl, who was like run? Who ran everything all day uh, behind the scenes? Walks over. And he's like, "Oh, Job hasn't even been an hour, and you're already trying to trade your award in for booze, huh?" And she, uh, the, yeah, she was like, "Oh my God, are you Job? You're oh right, that Job." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I thought you said Joe. <laughs> I'm that Job, as opposed to the other Job. Um, Jomi." Jormy. I'm Jormy Glormy. But anyway, that was pretty surreal. I actually have never... The, I think the best part about it, though, was that she wasn't embarrassed. Mm. She was just like, oh, yeah, cool. Fair enough. In you come. Uh, and I was more embarrassed than she was. Yep. Despite, like, she pulled out, like, she played the fucking I handle all the awards, I know who won an award thing. Mm. And yet I was like more mortified on her behalf than she than she was she's she's just like yeah whatever um so did she work at the bar or was she just uh yeah like, so. the door or something no uh, she worked at the bar right um yeah i don't yeah. know it was it was pretty crazy pretty hilarious though right um so yeah that was that was that was a big one that was a good one yeah. uh, i got pretty loose yes yeah. Shockingly, well, I Joe saw, drank a lot of booze. I saw yeah. Joel um, last night, and he was—he seemed still a bit seedy. <laughs> oh, I know. I bailed like before all of them. Yeah. Um, I bailed at like two right. in the morning. They're all still kicking on. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, cool. But it was good. Oh, it's nice. Good. Um, speaking of awards, the, the Lizzie's are next week, and the um, the I guess nominations for who's in it for this year um, went through. Yep. Uh, Nate is up for best gaming journalist. Nate Lawrence. He is, which yeah, is awesome. Uh, Jeremy, as a journalist, is up for best investigative journalist. Um, alongside, I think, Mark Serrells in terms of gaming. I don't think there's any other gaming people in that group. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and Survivor got nominated for uh, best gaming coverage and also uh, best independent media, something like that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Usually a lot of those things go like the tech sites. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's a tech it's a tech award. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, generally, yeah, the tech sites yeah. take it uh, or get the focus. Uh, that's why I don't like it, to be honest. Hmm. Because games are just such a like secondary, secondary element to the the whole concepts, and yeah, it sort of annoys me. We need a like a proper game song because I feel like we're like if it may it really bums people out when they can't they know that they don't have a chance to win the only fucking award that games people are generally like nominated for because you have to have had like. Not just uh, a great year. You have to have had like a fucking spectacular year yep. to beat some of the people whose names always pop up because they're sort of already in the like in the mixing pot for the people who, who judge those things. Um, so yeah, it can be disheartening for some people. Um, which I think it's a bummer. If we had like a proper games one, then mm. uh, we might even have be able to have like a fucking best games podcast one then obviously we win win but uh yeah yeah um yeah yeah, it's it's uh i mean they've got like a best reviewer category i know they they've had that the last couple of years but they never put games media in there and so specifically not allowed to be a games reviewer i have yeah pointlessly attempted to put myself up so you get lumped into the best like gaming journalist thing yeah but game criticism and journalism are quite different. Like in terms of, you've got people that are, are writing feature articles on on I don't know some sort of breaking story that's happening in the industry, but a layoff, you know, some sort of scoop with with a company getting laid off or something like that. And then somebody writing about criticism. They're two they're two weird things to kind of have in the same category. And then, or people that do specifically news, like, and just jamming all them to being like, who does the best? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Sure thing. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Anyway, that's cool. At least it's sort of getting recognized, which is cool. True. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's next week. Um, yeah. I don't know. I already got the one award that I'm about. So, yep. Cool. Yep. All right, should we do some game stuff? Game stuff? Let's yeah, do it. What do we got? What do we want to talk about? Um, see if these. Let's just jump into that. Uh, we haven't played it, but <laughs> we haven't played the full release. So it turns mm. out they're not doing reviews um, for the game, which a uh, couple concerns about that. I think we've obviously, I think we talk about this every week, but our major concern is kind of the amount of content that will be in the game um, and the variety of content that will be in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Microsoft have basically said that they're not doing uh, review code for it. They're going to do day one release for everybody, so that everybody can experience the game together. Um, generally, that's a bad sign. <laughs> because, Usually, because um, 
they just don't want the word of mouth out there in terms of whether or not a game is good. Um, I, we've had fun with a game, but again, having fun and being, being able to critically talk about a game is sort of two different things as well. Like creating your own fun is, is a lot of things that we've done in that game. Um, whereas yeah. if we jump in there and it's like, well, it's literally the same four missions over and over again for 20 hours and that's pretty much all there is. Or you can just run around and, and shoot pirate ships with, which we're all right with, but, um, there's got to be some sort of variety in there or at least reason to be doing some of this stuff. Um, so bit, bit concerning that they're not doing review code for the game at the moment. It is understandable to me, yeah. uh, like why they aren't. Um, if only because of the way that Sea of Thieves works, uh, like it is, it's basically a race at all times. Uh, like you are competing against other people to uh, to level up and do things in the world so that you can get to a point where uh, eventually you get to like the legendary pirate quests. Um, so in a way, right? Uh, they they don't they do want to have everyone start on sort of the same playing field, uh, lest uh, some people you know get in and do all this stuff and spoil these concepts too early before people have a chance to see it. Uh, and the other thing is that it's a game that only really works at its best when you're playing with other hostile elements. Uh, and so if they can't guarantee that you're going to be in a game, like if they can't guarantee that they'll be able to populate the game, then um, like with other players, then they're like not putting their best foot forward. So I do understand uh, from that like sort of point of view why they're doing it the way they are. Uh, and like, so yeah, it's, it's very easy. The, the general point of view is, yeah, if they're not letting you play it until launch, uh, yeah, it's, it might be in a bit of like a bad space, uh, and that has been true before with games like Doom. Um, yeah, controversial, uh, but like in a game like this, where it is literally constructed around the concept of playing multiplayer and ranking up and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I do understand why they have to do it this way. Yeah, uh, sure. it's, it's tricky. They have to have a starting line somewhere, right? And they can't have reviewers all fucking 40 levels ahead of fucking millionaires before anyone gets a chance to play. I mean, there's like two options there, right? You can have the... Uh, we see them sometimes like, hey, like we'll give you multiple copies. Or like, here's everybody that's got the game. Um, maybe tee up with them, play play a bit, or they'll give like a a time frame of these are the times recommended. If you want to play with other people, jump in and um, and do that. And and like we've played in the past, where we've jumped in and, and been matched up with people in Europe or something like that. And yeah, um, you know that's worked okay, I guess. But um, the other thing is like they could they could have just done a, a server reset. <laughs> like the I'd be fucking pissed before or something I'd be like fucking pissed if they did that so I don't know if they could get away with that yeah but yeah but if you're as a matter of fact uh, unless I was reviewing it for a fuck ton of money hmm. uh, and you generally never are uh, yeah I probably wouldn't even do it I'd probably just pass on the review and review it at launch yeah to make sure that my stuff was live. I mean, you'd have the, you'd have that fucking benefit of uh, 
making sure you're playing on the live servers as well, which is always a scary fucking thing when you're playing in a game that needs live servers. Uh, you know, if you've ever been burned by that before, you don't want it to happen again. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. It's definitely a tricky one. Um, yeah. so just be wary, I guess, of <laughs> if you're not sure, cause nobody's really going to know much about it until a couple of days after it's released. Yeah, absolutely. Like my, my position is it's good. Um, it's yeah. Like, like you said, there are concerns about whether or not it's got enough to do, but, uh, in general, it's a lot of fun. Um, man, the way I see it, uh, just do the fucking, the trial, do a trial of the, uh, Xbox game. Game pass. Thing. Yeah. Game pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do it that way. So we, we played a bit, <laughs> a bit, uh, of the, the beta. They, they're running the betas obviously every weekend. We played a bit of the weekend. Um, still the biggest concern I've got with the game is obviously, yeah, the content stuff, but the, the respawn rates. I just don't like whatever they're doing with that. It, it's respawning boats either too close to where you died. Yeah. Or, or, and I'm hoping that's different when the full game launches because it needs to change. Otherwise, it just doesn't, it, it, it's really bad flow for the missions in the game. Um, so we were doing, uh, they, they had these, uh, like skull islands. What are they called? Skull forts or something? Uh, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I was calling skelly forts, but. Skeleton forts. So they, they kind of like, they'll randomly pop up on the map. You'll see like a skeleton cloud in the sky. Um, and that's kind of an indicator to everybody, like, get the fuck over there. There's really good loot. And then, um, try and do these waves of skeletons. And once you do that, you fight a boss skeleton. And then you get a bunch of chests. Um, the, the issue we were having with that is obviously you've got people going to this one location, but it turned out to be like you spent the majority of the time just shooting other ships rather than doing the actual quest. And you couldn't get away from any other ships because what would happen is you'd, you'd blow one up, kill all the people on board. They would respawn, you know, not too far away, maybe two or three minutes away. But because there's multiple ships here, you're having to deal with the next ship, and then you kill them, whatever. Yep. And then you, and you're in this cycle of all right, that other ship's on its way back, and you'd never like nothing was ever happening. So there was like no progress being made, and you ended up having to all right, how do we game this mechanic that's in there, and how do we get around this part? And that was kind of frustrating and not really that fun. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm hoping when the full game launches, they change the spawn rate or just, like, put you back at the starting island or something like that. And you died... Because there should be some sort of reward or risk to taking on other boats as opposed to, well, fuck, we just got blown up. We've got nothing to lose now. Let's just quickly sail back. It'll only take us a minute. And then we can get back in the fight. Like, it's just... There's there's nothing... You don't feel like you've accomplished anything when you actually kill one of those ships because they're back. A minute later yep yeah uh, is that what, did you feel like that at all or <laughs> like a little bit i was pretty annoyed at how like I, I just think we weren't playing it as smart as we could have i think a lot of like uh, uh, inevitably a lot of the game is about exploiting the systems to your own advantage and that might not be like that might not sound good but like it can be a lot of fun like what i wanted us to do was let someone take the island 
Yeah. And then just fucking steal everything from them. Because the moment the fucking... The moment the uh, boss is killed, the skull disappears. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, the skull above the island disappears. And it makes this big noise. And it is a... It's like a fucking warning signal to everyone that the boss just got killed yep. and that means those people have access to sick loot and uh yeah to me uh i just wanted that to like i wanted to i think we could have approached a really a, a way smarter way like just fucking catch them when they get to the turning point and we could have mm. and like we tried to do that uh and i think we were pretty good at it like we we put in a good effort um, but I just think it took us way too long to get to the point where we're actually actively doing that. But too many times we attempted to fight it out on that island to see if we could be the ones to kill the skellies. But there's just no point. You don't need to kill the skellies. Yeah. You don't even need to kill the boss. You just need to kill the dude who was carrying the fucking chest. Because if you turn that chest in, you get the rewards. That is the entire game. Hmm. Like the whole thing revolves around that turn in. It doesn't revolve around anything else. So why, why waste your time? You know? And, uh, to me, I think that's fucking awesome. I think that's killer because in a way you, you can, there's a social aspect to it where you mitigate like how you think about the rewards. You may have done all of the work, uh, like we successfully stole two pieces of treasure from that that incident. That that was the last game that we played uh, of CFDs for the weekend, I think, because yeah. I think it shut down like two hours later or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, we successfully t- stole two pieces of treasure, uh, which means we made like I think like eleven hundred bucks or something, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is awesome, uh, and. Yeah, over the course of the weekend, I managed to, I managed to snake like the full chest, not just a piece of treasure, but the full chest, uh, which was worth twenty five hundred bucks. Uh, I managed to do the skelly fort twice, uh, twice, three times, three times, um, and make like about fifteen thousand bucks out of that. Um, and each time. You just have to, like, each time I did it, well, one one of the third time I did it, uh, there was only two of us. It was me and Squirrel, and uh, when we, we were being chased on our way up, and so our we resolved to just sail, uh, take a punt on dropping the anchor at the right time, and just launch ourselves onto the island, like, sorry, leap onto the island. Uh, to turn in the chest and the most expensive piece of treasure. And if the other people got onto our boat and stole the other pieces of treasure, that's fine. They, they, they More power to them. Well done on the chase. That is their reward for the chase. And their reward, if they had... What one of them did was he shot himself out of the fucking cannon over to the turn-in place to try and intercept us. And he killed Squirrel... Justice Squirrel's turning in, uh, not like sec- uh, like a second, a half second too late. Squirrel was pretty sure he died without turning in, actually, because he'd forgotten which fucking button was the turn in, uh, even though it's F and it's uh, impossible to forget, but Squirrel's going to squirrel. Um, yeah, he'd <laughs> forgotten. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was pretty sure he'd, he'd missed it out. Uh, I, like, I thought he'd 
died too quickly as well. So I was looking on the fucking uh, ground to see if the tre- chest was there, but it turned out he definitely turned it in. There was like a little bit of lag because the servers were getting hammered, so it was hard to tell sometimes. But um, yeah, fucking, we we got away with that shit. It was uh, it was cool. We turned that in. Uh, I turn my one in and kill the guy and uh, they didn't steal any of the stuff. If they had killed Squirrel and killed me, let's say they'd launched two of them over or three of them over to intercept. If they'd managed that, I'd be annoyed. I'd be upset, obviously, but I wouldn't be like fucking that. I wouldn't be that de- devastated. If Squirrel had failed to turn in the chest in the moment, all I thought that had happened was that he didn't make it in time. Uh, if I if he'd failed to turn in the chest and I found out that he couldn't work out what fucking button to press, then I would have been pissed at Squirrel. But if he'd failed to turn in the chest because he just hadn't made it because we were out, like outgunned, uh, that's like I don't have a problem with that ultimately because that's the fucking game. The game the the reward is the turn in. The, it all revolves around the turn in. So you just have to fucking make sure you turn it in. And we took the punt to do it the way we did. We took the punt to turn in at the closest like uh, outpost. And if we decided to go somewhere else and try the turn in there, then it might have been different because we were in the two person boat. They were in a four person boat. We're definitely more agile, more nimble. We're definitely more capable of uh, outmaneuvering uh, a galleon in the sloop. Uh, so we definitely could have taken a safer option, but we chose something a bit risky. We chose the quick turn in and we got away with it. But if we hadn't, I wouldn't be that upset. You got to like, I think you have to go into it with that mindset, that Daisy mindset. Of if you're going to take stupid risks, if you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, right? Like if you're going to take stupid risks, then you're going to have to like deal with the fucking consequences at some point. And it's mostly a question of understanding those risks. Hmm. And once people understand the risks, uh, I think that'll that'll change things as well. It'll be pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. But, uh, like, isn't that the same issue or that we had with the hunt? It's the same gameplay loop, right? Having that, this objective that nobody ends up doing because it's easier just to shoot the boats <laughs> or steal the objective and then just leave. But it's different. It's different in Sea of Thieves. It's different in Sea of Thieves because it's not unbelievably easy to kill a person. In the hunt, it is it's crazy easy to murder a person and steal their uh, like their hard earned effort. I'm pretty so, sure you were complaining about one of the guys cheating the entire time. <laughs> yeah, because he was cheating. I watched back the fucking videos. He was cheating, or like the, the game was completely fucked. No, he was he was cheating. That one, but that one's different, right? That was that was an outlier. That I, I'm not judging the game by the fact that one man was definitely fucking using hacks. Like he was able to see me through fucking walls. Okay, he was cheating. It's ridiculous. I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, the fact that they've got cheats already is definitely a concern, and that's like, but that's a whole different con- uh, discussion, right? That's not that doesn't pertain to whether or not it's like the the hunt. Right, you just have to pick your moment. You either you pick to be the skeleton killer, right, and then you pick to deal with the consequences of getting the fuck out fast enough after the cloud disappears, or uh, you choose to ambush them and you have to deal with the consequences of maybe not getting to the, to the correct outpost in time, or maybe going to the wrong outpost, or whatever. In the hunt, uh, it is 
goofy to try to take on the fucking monster until you're certain everyone else in the in the server is dead because you die so quickly uh, to other humans that there's literally just no way you can overcome those like that that as a, as a situation hmm. you know yeah I, I just feel like if they fix the spawn areas then that'll make those actual missions a lot more fun uh yeah I think this yeah spawns need to be further away absolutely yeah because uh that would that would create a situation where there was strategy uh around keeping your boat up it like for the guys who are on like the the hacker dude and his mates they didn't even try to keep their ship up because it didn't really matter to them. First of all, one of them was able to headshot you no matter where the, where the like headshot one shot you wherever the fuck you were. Uh, and he was able to see you through walls. So it's not like you could hide from him. Um, and second of all, uh, they were just spawned close enough to just sail straight back over. So even if you got like one wave of skellies killed, yeah, you wouldn't get the next one killed in time. Um, so yeah, in that situation, like if it, if it had been like actually punishing, then it would have been different. Mm. But it wasn't. Yeah, which is I think where they need to go. go down Absolutely, to make that yeah, worth it. Yeah, they want to make it so that you spawn close enough to I think the voyage that you're on. I think that's what they were trying to do, but yes, uh, definitely not. Because I mean, we we had that a couple of weeks back when we were playing it, where we just shooting the same boat over and over again because yeah. it's spawning us and them right next to each other yeah exactly and they like they kept coming back for more so like what the fuck are we supposed to do but yeah yeah all right do we, anything else you want to say about same things uh no no uh next week we'll be playing all right next and we'll know if there is any cheat involved and there better be some fucking anti-cheat because good god that game's going to be fucked. It's going to be dead in the water. <laughs> yeah, especially when you've got like stuff like cross compatibility having, and just it'll just have Xbox players getting shredded. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, it just won't be any fun because uh, it is pretty easy to grief the fuck out of people hmm. in that game. So, yeah, um, yeah. All right, cool. Anyway, very. I'm I'm actually super fucking pumped. Uh, launches Tuesday midnight, I think. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Right on. Um, you've been playing more Dead Cells, I see. Uh, yeah, I have. I, uh, I don't know, man. It's such a good way to kill, like, any any amount of time to me. It's yeah. like, kill. you want to kill five minutes, do one level. You want to kill ten minutes, do two levels. You want to kill three hours? Yeah. Welcome to Dead Cells. Um, yeah, Is there any update at all? Or? Yeah, there was that one a couple of, or a week ago or whatever, the the King's update. Yeah. So they've introduced a bunch of like stuff. They've got the final bosses in there. and So it's basically feature complete now. I think it's all bug fixing and stuff. I never really noticed that many bugs though. Um, and yeah, there's a new area. Uh, this is a really cool thing now where when you dodge roll it doesn't 
doesn't affect the position you're at in your combo. So uh, when I get something like the Twin Blades, where the third strike is a massive crit, uh, but the first two strikes are pretty fucking worthless, right, yep. um, you get into the later levels and you strike twice and roll towards the enemy you want dead, and then you do your third strike and they get critted immediately. Um, it used to be when you roll, you'd have to start the, the combo again. Um, but yeah, they changed that. They changed how survival works. It's now because uh, you've got your three points that you put levels into and survival is now worth like 60% uh, of your health. It starts at 60% of your health as opposed to they're all like an extra 50% or something. But it just means you're incentivized to actually use to put points in survival now um, because that's how the, you get the most of your health upgrades basically um, from from putting points in survival uh yeah before that it was, you basically didn't put any points in survival um until like you were like ah, i might as well chuck one in um because I, I think i'm gonna get one hit in the later levels um yeah i think that like those are the two big ones and yeah the the there's the final boss um which i haven't reached yet because i keep fucking up i get in my own head um, when I get like deep into the game, I always get into my own head. I'm like, oh, you're going so well, Job. You know, oh, you're totally going to win this time. Oh, what, what if you don't win? Oh my God, I took a that. I took a hit. Now I need to use. Oh, I better use a, a thing because otherwise I'll die in the next hit. Oh no, now I don't have any of those left. Anyway, um, yeah, just, just you know, just Job things. Um, it's awesome though. It's, it's really cool. Um. I had this one uh, where I found three cursed chests basically next to one another and then I did the entire level and uh, went and used the cursed chests all in a row. So I had to I had to kill 30 enemies without being hit once or I'd die. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I didn't get anything good out of the chests except for some level ups. Uh, so it was totally worthless. But I'm like, but it doesn't matter because I'll exit the level and that curse will go away. And because uh, I've never done that, but I figured that that would be how it would work. Uh, I was wrong. So I'd start the next level with the curse of 30. Uh, so that was a bit rough. Ha! Uh, and yeah, that's better. Yeah, cool. Um, all right. Should I talk about uh, what I've played? A couple of things for a while. So it's it. <laughs> um, I didn't put this on here, but I did play. Um, I finished uh, Uncharted Four. Um, oh yeah, okay. yeah. I went back to that, and because uh, I was quite close to the end when I when I um, first played it, I think I was five or six chapters away from the end of the game, which I think is about twenty two all up. Um, so I was quite close, and I just jumped in and thought, oh, I may as well finish this because I think it came out during a time where it was quite I had a lot of stuff on as well. Um, yeah, man, I, I quite enjoyed that game. I, I don't think it ended in quite the way I thought it was going to end. Um, but I still, yeah, there's some fucking really good set pieces in there. Um, the shooting, uh, I'm still not a huge fan of the shooting. I ended up turning it down to, just so I could get through the story, down to, like, the easiest setting and had, like, auto-aim on, basically. <laughs> um, which which pretty much just every time I hit right trigger, it would just aim at something, and then i just hit right... Uh, you mean left trigger? Left trigger, aim something, I hit right trigger and just blow people away. Um, yep. So I was more than happy just to play through that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, really cool set pieces, very pretty game. Uh, the last time I played it, it didn't have HDR, 
uh, enabled. Um, mm. I guess one of the patches, because I've noticed that recently, a lot of the games um, that I've kind of gone back to play, oh, hey, would you like to enable HDR? Or it just started to start by itself. Um, and you can see such a big difference when that enables, like, because I was in the middle of a game when I was going through the options and I was like, oh, it's got HDR. And I switched it on. It was like, holy shit, look how bright this thing is now. Oh, yeah, like, really? Everything just pops out, especially in a game like that where it's so, like, you're in foresty areas and it's bright greens and, and blues and yellows and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so you can notice, uh, like, a massive difference when that happens. So, yeah, super pretty game. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the story for, for kind of what was going on. And um, I'm interested sort of to see how they continue that story. I I, I heard some good things about um, the Lost Legacy sort of like DLC that came out, but it wasn't really DLC. It was a standalone game. Um, I think it was a bit shorter, maybe eight, six to eight hours. Um, yeah. But from what I've heard, it's pretty much... There's no like real innovation in there. It's, it's pretty samey. Um, so I don't know. I'll check that out. Maybe if I get some free time at some stage. But yeah, man, I, I enjoyed what I played out of that. It was it was it was good, good fun. Um, just to shoot, I just not a fan of that shooting in that game. Sometimes it's a bit a bit hard. Uh, and the yeah. other game I've been playing is Final Fantasy 15. I jumped back into that because the last time I played it, um, I had a big problem with the the camera. Um, yep. A lot of issues with sort of tracking what was going on, and you'd get. I got to an area where there was a lot of uh, trees and, and bushes and stuff and you just wouldn't be able to see what the fuck was going on because there's always something in the way. Um, so I went back to that because I heard that like one of the patches fixed a bunch of the um, like the camera stuff uh, and uh, you can have like a... There's like a distance meter in the camera as well where you can say, hey, I want action up close or far away. So I kind of jacked the camera um, distance quite far away uh, which helped helped quite a bit. And then also, um, I'm still playing a game on, there's like two modes, there's weight and standard. So weight mode is kind of like old school Final Fantasy where every time, um, you stop moving, the game pauses and you can sort of plan your next move. Um, cause it is a very, it's very different to the old like RPG style classic Final Fantasies where it's turn based. Mm. This is very action heavy. It's the, the, there's always something going down and you're moving around. Um, so that changes up. And it also adds a couple of different mechanics, things like being able to scan monsters and find their weaknesses, um, which you can't, as far as I know, you can't do during the normal mode. Um, and there's like a whole different tech tree in the game that you can unlock, like se- separate abilities while you're playing in that mode. So, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to go back and check that out and see how the game is. And I've probably had it played about uh, between 15 and 20 hours over the last week. And um, I've enjoyed aspects of it. Um, I think the combat is still a bit clunky in some areas. Uh, I don't like the having to travel around in your stupid car everywhere. Um, and you can only really do that during the day because at night there's monsters that block the road or just... It's just not... It's not a really good mechanic. It takes so long to get from place to place because um, he drives extremely slow. Uh, sometimes mm. you'll be like, hey, I want to go to this quest marker and you've got to sit there and watch this dude drive. Like some of them you can't fast travel to. It's just impossible. You have to pay gold as well. It's like 10, 10 gold, which isn't a lot, but it saves like four or five minutes sometimes of just literally sitting there w- watching a dude driving. Um, and you'll sometimes you're like, oh, I can't fast travel there. I want to go to this quest marker. And then you'll get there. I'll, like, I'll get the dude to drive me there and I- I've just fucked off somewhere. I've got to get a drink. 
uh, I'll come back and then he's dropped me off like at a parking spot that's kind of a mile up the road from where I so now I've got to run he, he could have just pulled over I don't know it's so dumb um, there's just there's just all this clanky shit that is in the game that um, kind of makes your life hard <laughs> yeah like, think, like it feels like a chore every time I do something in there um, so yeah I don't know it's just not I just don't think there's enough there that kind of sets it apart to be good from some of the other Final Fantasy games that have come out because um, there's a lot of them that I've really liked so I've had a lot of fun with but this one might be I would say the bottom of all the ones that I've played jeez yeah um, and I've not played like I haven't played a lot of the classic ones I've played sort of seven upwards um, I haven't touched any of the, the you know SNES games or nothing like that so yeah from sort of seven upwards excluding the MMR because I haven't played that one either um, yeah yeah it's it's uh, I, I wanted to give it a second chance and I feel like I'm at that point now where I've given it enough time like I've played 30 30 hours of the game now across the two instances and um, it just does not it's not grabbing me at all so it's kind of upsetting because <laughs> I think you, you did you play it at all? Uh, no no no, it's not. I don't know, man. I just I'm not having fun with it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think if they tightened up some of the like, if you were able to fast travel everywhere, fix yeah. up some of that, some of the combat, because there's like combat stuff where you can link attacks with other players, and it seems to only trigger sometimes. And I'm not really sure what I'm doing wrong. Like I've tried looking at um, uh, YouTube videos and, and like message boards like on game facts and and there seems to be a lot of confused people back then even when the game was released being like like it seems to work sometimes and other times it just sort of doesn't happen and um because the idea is that when another player is attacking an enemy uh mm. if you attack the same enemy after triggering like a, a certain move set it should link those two attacks and they'll both kind of attack at the same time um and then you can kind of chain combos and that sort of thing. It just sort of seems to be a bit wonky when it does that part. Um, and then the other thing that's really frustrating is there are like, uh, you're like a hunter and you go out, do these hunting missions and it'll be like, hey, go kill four of these blobby things. And you'll go out and start doing that. And then they send down these, these enemy troops that are in the game, these like armed forces. They'll just fly a fucking ship in. So you're in the middle of fighting this battle with these monsters and then suddenly 12 dudes rock up in this helicopter thing and start landing and they've all got guns and they'll just sit there and ping you from <laughs> outside and you're like oh right. All right now i've got to go deal with these fuckheads yeah and it's just it's just not it's not fun <laughs> when those sort of things happen and then yeah. like all right I've, I've dealt with those dickheads i'm going back to my monster fight and then you start the monster fight and then another set of helicopter comes across and drops 12 more dudes it's kind of like that you know the classic like rpg final fantasy thing where you're running around on the map and suddenly you're in like in a battle like it'll yeah oh, you're in the battle it's like that but putting it into a fight that's already happening it's like oh shit now i'm in two fights um mm all of a sudden like it feels like those those moments where it's dropping those men or those forces onto you are supposed to be those spontaneous oh now you've got to deal with these guys but it's doing it while i'm already in fights with other things on another mission and that's um yeah that's not fun <laughs> at yeah. all so yeah i think i'm pretty i'm pretty dumb with that game i feel like for the moment i'm kind of just finding filler games while there's not much happening 
at the moment, <laughs> going back and trying to play some things that I thought, oh, I'll give that a second shot and and uh, play play a bit of it. But Final Fantasy was maybe a, a poor choice. <laughs> a poor fifteen hours. Yeesh, that's yeah. rough. Yeah, uh, I don't. Know. Oh well. Can you um, like mod it? I guess I don't know. Is that no, asking I'm, too much? Well, I'm playing on PlayStation. I'm not playing on the because I know it recently released on. Uh, but I mean, can, yeah, can you get it on PC and mod it, or is I, is I that? Think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, all the way done. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah, because yeah. it seems like there's some cool like stuff in there with dungeons and like there's glimmer of bits and pieces in there that seem like a lot of fun, but too much yep. stuff that is just a hassle to get through. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll talk about is uh, I went to an event last night for Nekia. Uh, yep. They were talking about a new router they're bringing out in, um, in a couple of months uh, called the Nighthawk Pro XR500. Right. Uh, and it's like a premium gaming router that they're, uh, they're trying to basically market to gamers specifically. Um, pretty much because... They, they're, a lot of the features that are coming out on this uh, router are, are stuff that you'd normally want, uh, like that gamers are really, really for. Um, some of the things that, that's on there is is like uh, uh, they've got this geo filtering thing, which I think is the most interesting <laughs> feature of the uh, the router. So what it basically does is, uh, say you're playing um, Call of Duty um, on your whatever pc and uh maybe that's a bad example or or xbox because i'm not sure how it works but and you only want to play with people in um australia or or even limit that down further say you only want to play with people in in uh sydney melbourne brisbane like this half of the country um Mm. then you can there's this like uh there's a there's a map in the um that you can kind of go to to set up in the in the actual dashboard and it lets you configure like a radius of people near you and or even servers near you and it'll kind of limit that and make sure that it doesn't connect to any other people so uh, the reason i give call of duty as an example is because i think that's using peer-to-peer matchmaking right it's like a host yeah Um, i'm not sure if they still do that on the pc i I know they were at one stage but I think they're still still using their hybrid shit. Yeah. So the idea is to kind of, all right, I don't want to play with people that have high ping or um, that are laggy, like that sort of thing, kind of limit the amount of the pool that you want to to play with. Um, Mm. So in this actual map, you can go, all right, this is my location. This is the kind of radius of of area that I want to connect to and then block everybody else. Don't let me connect to any of these people. Or you could do it the other way around. Like, hey, I'm playing... um, uh, because I asked a guy about this, could you do it the other way? Like, if you're playing StarCraft and you're saying, all right, I, don't, I just want to be matched up with people in Korea to get better, could you do it that way? And he said, yeah, like, you can sort of have, like, a, you know, region filter by, I want to play with these specific people, or if I want to play with people in, um, I want to connect to people in North America or the East Coast or West Coast, you can set up the same sort of way, um, which is I thought was probably the most interesting thing about it is because, like, you have those instances where you're, like, you're playing some games and... Uh, it's either matching you up with people outside the country or on the other side of the country. and Because and I, I know they have that problem in America a lot where East Coast players get matched up with West Coast players and you end up with, you know, a ping of quite high or somewhere around the 100, um, which can be, you know, you want to try and get the lowest as possible. When, like when you're playing 
you usually uh, get stupid stupid amounts of, of ping that's like less than 10 um, yep. on your MBN connection to to the uh, servers in Sydney. So you're trying to get something as low as possible. So that sort of feature to me was the most interesting thing because it kind of allowed you to, to tweak it and say, all right, I just want to play with these specific people, um, which was kind of cool. Uh, the other thing that they kind of, they've got in it is obviously uh, things like QoS. Um, and for people that don't know what QoS is, it's got a, sort of like a, uh, stands for quality of service and it's sort of prioritizing bandwidth allocations to certain devices that are using that router um, or, or applications as well. So if you're wanting to limit how much a, a specific program or device gets in terms of bandwidth, you can do that on there. Um, but the cool thing about the way it does it in, in this router is that a lot of your normal um, networking routers at home, when you set up QoS stuff, it's a lot of, all right, I'm selecting this device um, and I'm going to limit it with like, you just basically typing in numbers um, and saying, all right, I want, want to give this this priority. This will be like my main PC. Everything else, um, you know, if for some reason someone's downloading um, something or, or watching something on Netflix and using all the bandwidth, it means that your gaming experience kind of lags a bit or stuff like that. Um, so the QoS allows you to say, all right, give priority to my gaming PC. That way I'm getting the lowest ping possible um, and then use the rest of it for your Netflix. And that's kind of instances where you see uh, like a lot of people using the same device in like a shared house or, or a family house where you've got multiple people using it at the same time. Um, so what this actual device does, it's got a, um, a UI interface that is a lot easier than just punching in uh, like numbers into a into a device tab. Um, it's like a, a circle graph and you can set up all your devices and then give them priority, um, like a percentage priority. And it's very easy to sort of control and and to set up, which is which is a nice little feature. Um, and what else was there? They've got like a, a easy VPN page, um, which you can set up for, I guess, this is more catering towards uh, like esports teams and that sort of stuff, um, being able to set up uh, DDoS attack prevention stuff. Um, right. I know that's been uh, like uh, in the past couple issue. Of years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the the biggest issues you normally see with that is when it comes to esports stuff on on gambling and betting, um, like online betting, being able to bet on teams and and saying all right, I want uh, you know this team's going to win, but then you have people out there that start DDoSing teams, and all of a sudden that they're they're trying to basically game it a bit. Um, so a lot of esports teams put a lot of effort into trying to stop this sort of stuff from happening like they don't want to get attacked and and uh like a lot of companies is trying to look into methods of preventing that from happening so they don't have to go all right we're getting fucking ddos attack like what was it was it skype was it discord that caused it um like how did they find our ip now we've got to go get our backup router or something like that and throw that yeah um so that can be a bit frustrating for them but uh, they didn't talk about any of this stuff. There's just things off the top of my head that I'm kind of throwing out there in terms of what this stuff could be used for. Um, and the other thing is they've got like a network monitor on there. Very um, So being able to look at devices, what's using the most bandwidth um, or, or like like devices in your household that are using the most and, and all that sort of stuff. So very, like I've had a lot of routers <laughs> uh, being a pretty big tech guy. Um, yep. And like a lot of these features that they've talked about uh, looking at, like, they're not very UI-friendly. Like, they're pretty basic standard stuff, but 
the actual um, being able to look at what they've done with this gaming one and s- see how like user friendly it is or easy it is to get information off of it and sort of interpret what's going on is super is super cool. Um, but otherwise, apart from that sort of stuff, that's sort of the gaming elements that they're going for, and then the rest of it is pretty like uh, uh, like high high end router stuff. So you're um, uh, you're like uh, gigabit ports on there. Um, dual band Wi-Fi. Uh, what else? Uh, like AC twenty six hundred. Um, the white dual pan Wi-Fi is what they're using. So, like, there's a lot of like high quality stuff on there. Um, and they kept talking about how it was a premium device, um, and they didn't really tell us the price, which was giving <laughs> like a, a tail uh, how expensive this was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was kind of estimating between. Uh, as someone who's bought stuff like this before, I was estimating between four or five hundred dollars. Um, and yeah, I, I, we got a press release literally, uh, as we were starting this recording. And yeah, it's, it's going to be priced, um, about 450 bucks. Oh, okay, canal. Yeah. But that, and then that comes with like a three year warranty and all your standard stuff. So they are going for a high end router. Um, and they, they've talked about how it is a high end device and they're looking like they're not, going around there like this is a premium device um like i know for me when i bought routers in the past i've usually spent on a good one uh like two to three hundred dollars yeah and that's because i i personally live in an apartment building and it can be a lot of problems getting your wi-fi connection to to be at, at like its maximum potential when you're in a building with dozens and dozens of other people that are also running wi-fi and being able to get the right um, Wi-Fi channels working and you know when, when you monitor that stuff there's like 20 other people on the same channel as you and that's where problems start to come into play and then you, mm. you end up getting um, dropouts and, and laggy games and that sort of thing and I've, I've talked about that in the past I've had issues with, with that sort of stuff so yeah um, hopefully I'll be able to test this out at some stage and see how good it is in like a, an apartment situation um, but yeah, man, there's some really cool features in it. Like there was there was a lot of people there that were kind of like, "Hey, it's a router, right? Like, what what makes the difference between a gaming router and just a normal router? Like, I don't understand." But then they showed off some of the like the um, the QoS and geo filtering and, and VPN stuff, network monitoring that kind of you kind of start looking at it and getting a better idea. Of, All right, they're going for something that's a bit more easier to work with and and some gaming features. And I think the geo filter one is the one at the top that really you don't see uh, on other routers at all um, which you could use quite interesting like I uh, like one instance where I could see that being used in Australia is you know that PlayStation issue with the the um, where our download uh, center is in Japan for some stupid reason um, our content delivery system yeah yeah being able to fuck that off and be able to look at the device and say all right well let's blacklist all this shit here let's blacklist the Japan server and let's see if we can get the Australian server. Like, that'd be super easy to set up, I feel like, in something like this. Yeah. Um, so that'd probably be something I'd test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I don't know, man. Like, so I, I, I'm the same as you. I, at some point, right, you have to accept, yeah, that your direct line to the internet is important enough for you to spend... 
a fair amount of money on it. There's no fucking point in building a state-of-the-art computer and then trying to connect to the internet with a fucking with two cans and a piece of string, mm. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's it, that is a it's a bottleneck, right? But fucking four hundred bucks, woo! Yeah, we might have uh, we might have gone a bit too far on this one. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know, two two fifty is what I spent for my no. 280 was what I spent for my last yeah. router. Right, and that, it was the upper limits. Yeah. That's, so it's that's the upper limits on what I'm going to fucking spend on a router, I think. And that's, um, yeah, 280, like, I'm in the same boat, right? Like, I usually try and buy something good because I know that I need to have something good. Cause yeah. I mean, if you're in a house somewhere in the suburbs, like, you're not going to have a lot of network interference and that sort of stuff, most likely. Um, but in, in my situation and your situation or in a gaming, like in, in an office or something like that, it can be quite different. Um, but also like, I think the, the three year warranty is also, um, like a, a small added factor. You've right. got the, you know, you've got a bit of, um, future proofing there, right? Yeah. So that's something that's good. If it was like one year warranty, I'd be like, oh yeah, maybe. Cause I know if, Personally, I've had issues with routers in the past. Where they just fucking die. <laughs> and yeah. Like, well, all right. I've spent two, three hundred bucks on this. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I, I just this. It does. They're definitely marketing it towards gamers uh, specifically, and I think there's certain situations like there are people that would definitely it benefit things like gaming houses or um, shared houses, that sort of stuff. But and it's whether or not you willing to fork out that much money for it yeah yeah that's fair i mean yeah i guess it is a matter of perspective but yeah that one i don't know i don't know yeah and i'm not like um i guess like there's websites out there that do testing on this sort of stuff see like how good they are through things like uh you know getting connections through rooms and walls and that sort of stuff so uh, yeah it'd be curious to see like how that stacks up against some of the other um, devices that you can sort of post on the market market around the same sort of price. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, that'll be what you know that'll be the major test, right? Is yeah. is that sort of stuff? So yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but yeah, just that that price point, man. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a tough one for a lot of people to swallow, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, cool. That was. Uh, yeah, that was that. So, and that's coming out. Um, yeah, as I said, I think it's uh, the May. I think it's coming out in May. That's the date I got here. So it's a while off. Um, anyway, that's what I did last night. Solid. <laughs> uh, you've been playing um, Westworld, the the Western mobile game. The Western world. Western world. Uh, yes, I have been. Um, it's made by the people who made Fallout Shelter, and it's it draws pretty deeply from that well. Uh, it's about you managing a virtualized version of the Westworld Park. Mm. Uh, I've been playing it because I have I'm fucking so excited for Westworld to come back, and it's like a month away now, and I'm fucking like just rattling, I'm bouncing off the walls with excitement. I bought it on fucking I got a 4K Blu-rays of. Westworld and I started watching them at lunch and that show is honestly it might be one of my favorites of all time I don't know it depends on where they go with it if they like 
yeah, I don't know, but everything, I know there's just so much going on in there. So much, holy shit. Anyway, this is, the Westworld game is not as deep as the TV show. <laughs> it is basically Fallout Shelter, uh, but with, um, with robots. Uh, I haven't gone to a point I'm like pretty deep in now. Um, I think, I don't know, I've unlocked like two new areas and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I haven't got to the point where uh, I'm setting up robots to get fucked, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Even though I'm pretty sure that's largely what Westworld is supposed to be about. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's available, like, you can get it right now on Google Play, and uh, it's got in game purchases or whatever the fuck. But, um, yeah, as it is, like, it seems. Like, there's some bugs and stuff. It's not technically released. It's, like, pre-release or whatever the fuck. Um, it's, yeah. So, it's, it's not released yet and still going and whatever. And, um, like, still going through development and whatever. But, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 kind of cool. It's just a time waster. It's, like, that's basically what those games are. That Fallout Shelter is just a, you know, it's, a, it's an incremental game with a slightly different like UI I guess and that's what this is uh, you check in every now and then again to see if your robots are done yep. doing whatever it is they're doing and uh, then you yeah you set them up to do something else and you move on there seems to be there might be a, a bit more to it than I currently understand because it doesn't do a great job of explaining everything yep. uh, but as far as I can tell it's yeah not terribly um like deep I guess you know so mm -hmm. yeah yeah I don't know yeah I was gonna um, pick it up because I saw you talking about it or, or you talked about it somewhere I can't remember where um, uh, but yeah I never got around to it I sort of looked at the images and looked at it on Google Play but I was like oh I yeah oh, I think I'm good yeah it looked a bit too samey as Fallout Shelter. Fallout Shelter, right, yeah. yeah, I was thinking the same thing. At first, it's definitely different. Yeah. I mean, you spend quite a bit of time above ground uh, setting that sort of stuff up. Like, uh, a good deal of it takes place above ground as opposed to the below ground stuff that happened in Fallout Shelter. But, um, yeah, it is it is pretty similar. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's worth checking out, to be honest. Uh, it's not like fucking Game of the Year or anything, but... Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Right on. Um, cool. Let's talk about uh, Deep Rock Galactic. We, okay. We played a little bit of this uh, during the week. Uh, I don't know, how How do we get onto it? Was it through Nate? Nate, yeah, Nate was pitching it. Yeah. Um, it's an early access game, isn't it? It is. Yes. It's kind of like a cross between uh, Minecraft and uh, I don't know what else would you cross with it. <laughs> Left for Dead. Yeah, Left for Dead. I think it's it's like it's definitely more focused on on your like shooting aliens and so yeah. Of the 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 mining. There's not really well. I don't know if there is, but we haven't experienced it yet. There's not really a crafting element yet. No, it's, it's just pretty much just mining. Mine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, may, may cross between left dead and mine. <laughs> Without the craft. Without the craft. Yeah. 
Um, so we jumped in, and, and you kind of get a choice of picking these uh, four characters. They're like they're like dwarfs or something, right? Like, yeah, well, like fancy yeah. dwarfs. That's the theory. Yeah, um, and like each one's got its own like unique ability and, and sort of weapons and that sort of thing. Uh, and then you land your ship on this planet, and you start getting objectives, and you have to mine like a certain amount of this specific mineral that it's asking you to go for. Um, and you've got like a pickaxe and you start chomping at bits and pieces on the wall and, and you're trying to collect ammo and health uh, in order to stay alive because you get attacked by creatures and then you go further further down and eventually you get the, the mineral you're looking for. And from what I gather, then you're supposed to keep going. <laughs> uh, yep. We left. We just, we bailed. We just bailed out. Yeah. yeah, and the, yeah. And the dude we were with was not happy. No. <laughs> So like you guys left so much shit back there. Like we don't know what we the fuck we we're, know doing. What we're doing. The game told us we were done, so we left. <laughs> yeah, thanks for waiting until after we left to tell, to us, tell us what us. the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. Um, yeah, it's a but, weird game, man. I'm not sure about it. Like, I feel like I need more time to understand what's really going on. Absolutely. I like. I don't. I definitely don't feel like I can make. Uh, like come to a conclusion on it yet yeah uh on the other hand uh my initial impressions weren't overwhelmingly positive like it's fun enough but it seems like i could like i could get bored of it pretty quick uh it's yeah because i i don't know i just don't think the fucking there's gotta be combat's more there, right? very interesting yeah. yeah and so yeah if if the combat's like left for daddy but not with without all the tension and the uh, Minecraft is just the mining part and no crafting. Uh, then, yeah, I'm not sure where I like what I'm drawing on here. We might just not be have gotten to a point yet, you know, where we're unlocking that kind of shit. So, yeah, it's definitely something that I want to get into a bit more. Uh, I think we should play it after this. Yep. Um, Isn't that our drinking game tonight? True. Mm. True, true, true. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's definitely interesting. Um, yeah, I just want to find that, that nugget of gold. Because it's definitely got some fans. There are people who are big-time fans. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just not seeing it yet. Yeah. Um, I f- <laughs> Did you talk about Vermintide 2 recently? Yeah. Okay, because I, I saw a lot of buzz around that being being like it's a because you mentioned Left 4 Dead uh, a cross between that and Diablo, uh, but you didn't like it, right? No, I wasn't a fan. No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just I I don't think I don't like the melee combat in it, and a large amount of it is focused on melee. So yeah, um, it just didn't really work for me. I guess um, it's a little bit different to this uh yeah yeah but at the same time yeah i, I could see the similarities you know i, I just brought it up because you mentioned left for dead <laughs> and i was like right. oh that's yeah. right so it's I a fan. This one right into the fan um yeah i guess we'll talk about deep rock galactic a bit more um it's a co-op experience as well we had a dude um sort of just jump into our game as job and i were playing yeah, and he really, yeah, he seemed to know what he was doing. Um, and he, and he did would not seem; <laughs> he just went did stuff. Yeah, which I think was that was more, a problem, right? 
it was it was yeah it was a lot worse for the for us attempting to like learn as we go along because yeah. shit yeah. or even explore right you like you want to have yeah. that experience of oh shit what are we doing and then this dude just kind of runs off and he's killing Pings straight through shit yeah yeah yep anyway we'll talk a bit about that maybe next week um our last game we'll talk about uh which is something kind of ties into the news section um the division the sequel was announced for that right the, over the weekend um yeah we were uh yeah this is i mean division division two was a game that i i definitely thought was coming out this year um uh i just felt like the right time for it it, it had been what two or three years um, yeah I went on that Yubi trip uh, when was it last month um, and our Ubisoft handlers had just before that been to like Paris to do like a hey this is what we're doing this year um, and obviously they wouldn't tell us <laughs> what was going on but I was like ah so you guys are doing Division 2 this year and uh, <laughs> and I was just like kind of explaining why and they would not say a single word <laughs> about it but I was like I'm pretty sure it's Division 2 this year like it seems like the uh, the right time for that one to, to come through. Um, so yeah, I just want to say I call that. Um, nice. Uh, and, and in, in terms of like, so they did this announcement during, um, one of the, uh, division Twitch streams, which they hold every once in a while. I'm not sure if yeah. it's weekly. Um, but it was kind of like, a Hey, we're announcing this thing. And, uh, yeah, they confirmed that it's coming out. That's pretty much all they confirmed. <laughs> Um, not really any more information. We know it's coming out this year. We don't know where it's set. Nothing like that. Um, which I guess we were speculating a bit while we were playing the original game as to where you would put it. I just feel it'd be really weird to have that game in a different city. Like, I don't know what that looks like. Cause yeah, that would be odd. A, New York is such a, like a, the, the style and look of that game is, I, I just feel like it's really well done. Um, and it's so grand and large that if you take that and put it into another city, like, um, I don't know, like, do you get cities that are bigger than that? Well, that have that look. You could do something like Hong Kong or Japan, like Tokyo. Yeah, I feel like, but you'd have to go to one of those cities, maybe, like, because a lot of them are like most of the other cities. I feel aren't as built up. The way that New York is, those are the only two. I think I'm stuck on that metropolis concept. Yeah. You know, I think it's required for the way, you know, those canyons, right? A lot of a lot of what made the division uh, fun for the 10 minutes before you realize that it's boring as fuck uh, are those, is the atmosphere that those canyons, the, the urban canyons create. And uh, yeah, I just don't know how that, that would work in some way like London, which isn't, uh, like has built up areas, but is largely not built up in the same way. Or Paris, um, which is like pretty similar. Or you know, Los Angeles would never work because it's like that's it's, it's a sprawl, you know. Yeah, uh, and yeah, like on the other hand, if you were to do it in like yeah Hong Kong or I think tai- Taipei might work, but probably a bit of a risky one uh, or. Yeah, Tokyo. Those ones would work and you could, like, I think visually they'd be spectacular and they'd work in the same way hmm. that, um, that New York did. Tokyo, if you wanted to go with winter again and uh, Hong Kong, if you were to 
on something a little uh, more tropical, I think. Yeah, for me, that that was pretty much my immediate reaction was, mm. um, like, Japan. <laughs> yeah. Where would you take this game from here? The other one is New York a second time, just to New York right. again. Um, yeah. Maybe it's... it's uh, 20 years later or maybe it's earlier maybe it's a prequel or something like that spread out to the boroughs or something yeah um the other interesting thing would be a like a suburban type thing but at the same time i feel like that game's got a lot of art assets and and yeah i I don't know i just feel like they they probably do another city type thing um so yeah that's that's pretty much all they've said and uh that got a lot of people hyped up a lot of people playing that game over the weekend yeah um a lot of people jump back in. I jump back in mm. to check it out. I, I never actually got through the... Um, I never actually went in and played any of the DLC. Um, mm. I know that when... I think it came out... Were you around at that stage or were you on a trip? Was that Nate that was on a trip? Uh, we're both we're me and Nate were both on a trip. But I got back before him. Yep. And uh, I played through... I had, to, I had to solo the fucking one through 30 because you can't wouldn't play with me and it was awful. <laughs> yeah so we uh we we pretty much went through that game uh played a bunch of dark zone um they've changed a lot since they they put that game out um they've got like a new scoring system in there so before it used to be from like uh you would hit the max level which was 30 and the best gear you could get was like level 30 ish but now they've gone to like numbered scoring system um so it'd be above a hundred. Uh, just a uh, yeah. They've sort of gone for that like destiny type thing, where giving a, a score on each item and then your overall score, right? Yeah, contributing into your eye level. Yeah, into your uh, like, hey, you can now do this uh, different difficulty on this mission, um, and that's sort of borrowed from the. Um, I kind of linked it to Diablo, where you've got. Uh, torment modes and hey you can do torment 22 now or 20 yeah yeah just i think that sort of stuff is really cool because it allows you to keep playing the game at a harder difficulty but still earning a bit more gear um that sort of stuff is is you know interesting way to scale difficulty um yeah but we jumped in and got some uh got a lot of gear out of that and i don't think you checked out any of dlc but i played uh, a bit of it yeah, I didn't. I didn't because I was bored. I played twice over the weekend, and all told, I played for about eleven minutes. And uh, I think the other twenty minutes I spent in the game were just marveling at how uh, obnoxious I found all the UI elements to be. It's very slick looking, but uh, it's very hard to find the information that you require. Like, what the fuck is your teammate? How are your teammates doing? How come you're not in the same place doing the same objective, even though theoretically you're on the same fucking mission at the same time? Uh, what's going on here? Oh, boy. I don't care. And then I <laughs> shot some things for, like, four minutes. I shoot a single dude for four minutes until he'd go down. It's the t- time to kill is for shit. And then, um, yeah, I quit. Yeah. It was good. Um, I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, sounds like it. So yeah. I uh, we, we played a bunch of... Um, so we were doing stuff like dailies at first. Kind of just just getting familiar with the game again. Um, and also getting our gear up. Because um, some of the guys that we were playing with had way better gear than I already had. Because they were playing it a lot longer than I had. Right. Um, back when it was released. 
Uh, so yeah, I was kind of getting my gear up, and then we jumped in and did some um, some of like the DLC stuff, which is yeah, really interesting modes. Um, the one I really liked was I think it was called Resistance, uh, and it's basically like a horde mode, um, and I sort of cater it a bit more towards like um, a Gears of War where you're picking up sort of like tokens from the enemies that you down. But rather than in sort of like the later Gears of Wars, you would build uh, like forts or defensive structures um, to kind of allow you to progress through each wave. This one sort of expand, like it takes that a bit st- a bit further. That idea of all right, you start off in this for the uh, like in a hallway, you clear two waves, and you're collecting these tokens from uh, the enemies that you're killing, and then you can use those tokens to like open up a door and then expand the area that you're going into um and all of a sudden now you're in this huge open area where there's multiple objectives going on so it might be like all right um and i don't know if this is for all the ones but this is this particular mission that we did there was a bunch of them on there but it was like all right now you've got to this wave you've got to defend this computer um and upload the fucking virus whatever it is and the more people that are around it while that's happening the quicker it goes that sort of thing but at the same time there's enemies coming at you while that's happening um so then you do that and you clear that wave and then you know the next wave will be right oh, now it's a mini boss that's coming through and you gotta kill him and then you kill him and collect the stuff and then you eventually start using those tokens again to like all right can i do i want to buy this um like sensor over here and i can upgrade the sensor and the sensor allows me to see people through walls and and shows me where people are coming in from or do i go and buy a sentry tower and put that here or do i go open this storage storage locker and it allows me to get uh different types of um like grenades or different types of ammo because sometimes you can get like incendiary rounds or uh there's like eight different types of grenades in the game and you then you spend those tokens on getting um you know more ammo or more health or all right, now there's another area of the map. We, do we want to go into that part and see what's over there? And there might be a um, like a weapon cache in there that allows you to get, uh, you know, a, a premium weapon or stuff like that. So I thought that idea was really um, like an interesting take on the horde mode aspect of rather than just having waves and waves of enemies coming at you and just upgrading, uh, putting sentries down or you know, uh, here's a here's a wall that'll stop them from coming to this particular point. It was taking that idea. And having the level also expand around you and being able to explore different parts of the map. Um, yeah. That was actually really cool. And I'd like to see that sort of evolved a bit more. And because we, we only, um, we played it a couple of times and could only get about 10 or 11 waves in uh, before the scrubs I was playing with kept getting killed. So, yeah, that was actually, I thought that was a really cool mode um, to play. And I, we only we only did the one mission. There was a bunch of them on the map that I thought, all right, I'd be cool to jump in and check out what, like, did they all play the same way, or, or is there like different objectives on some of them? Um, so yeah, that was that was actually quite interesting. I th- I'm pretty sure it was called Resistance. Uh, it started with an R at least. Um, anyway, uh, the other one I did was we went and did like a raid, um, <laughs> and right. that was a bit more bland um so the one we had to go and i the one i did with drew was we had to blow up an apc tank and it started off with like a couple of waves of enemies and then uh one of the waves was this dude that had uh, an explosives pack 
and we had to kill him, go get an explosives pack, and then take that pack and go disable um, two sentry turrets that were guarding the APC. Once we did that simultaneously, which, which were on the other side of the map, so we then had to split up and go do this ourselves, um, you switch off the, uh, the sentry turrets, and then you'd run... The person with the explosives would run behind the APC, plant the APC explosives, and then back out of there, and it'd, it'd do damage to the APC. Um, meanwhile, there's, like, people spawning in, and the APCs sometimes shooting grenades at you or rockets. Uh, and that was pretty much the basis of that particular uh, incursion. I mean, it's called their incursions. Um, and it wasn't... It was pretty much just, all right, do that four or five times, but it was getting really fucking hard towards the end. And I had a feeling like the incursion we were doing was maybe built towards four people and we were doing it with two. Um, right. So it was getting a bit tough there because we were running out of ammo uh, quite a lot. Um, yep. Good thing about it, though, is that it would checkpoint you at certain situations of the um, that actual mission. So, hey, you've got a checkpoint now at, at wave four or oh, wave okay. eight. Uh, so that when we we did die on like wave 10 out of 15 we didn't have to start at the very scratch again it was like, all right we've checkpointed you at eight get past this part and yeah we'll go from there it was pretty much every time that you would um damage the apc it would checkpoint you so uh i mean it was an interesting mission i don't think it was anything special um but yeah, it adds some variety in there. And I, again, I didn't check out. That was the only one we, we actually played. I don't know what else, uh, like what other incursion modes are in there or how they differ from that particular uh, specific one that we did. Um, but they're the only two bits of DLC things we tried. Uh, I think there's, there's also like a PvP mode, um, which is where we were at one stage and trying to figure out you and I. Yep. Uh, and then the other guys jumped in and we ended up doing a, a daily or something like that. Yep. Um, so yeah, I didn't I didn't, and didn't see any of that. That seems like a capture the flag mode or something along the lines of of that. Um, so yeah, like there's there's things in there that I think um, really interesting stuff, and it'd be cool to see that sort of evolved in the sequel and sort of where they take that. But there's other bits and pieces that I could be happy with not to be included there. Like, I really want to see the Dark Zone fleshed out a bit, bit more, um, or at least maybe take that and just make it not a Dark Zone and just have that be the entire, like, game. Like, have some sort of invasion system in there or or other people. Uh, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of... Because, like, the invasion stuff sounded like a really cool idea, and then when we played it, there was moments of it that were fun, but... Um, yeah, it was just a bit too samey while we were playing. It just didn't seem like there was enough there to do. You were just kind of going in there and looking for gear and then leaving. Um, and that might have just been because we were burnt out because we played so much of it during the beta that by the time the actual full game come along, we didn't play too much of it yeah. during the full release. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, I, I still think that game's got, like, I, I still have fun with it. There's just, there's a lot of things I need to work out. Um, mm. it's a good like stepping stone of alright what can we learn and what worked what didn't work and how can we uh, how can we fix some of that stuff yeah man I don't know I think you're being pretty generous because <laughs> uh, yeah that's not how I feel I don't know um, 
I don't know. I just I find it so dull. It just you just uh you just go from thing to thing and slowly shoot things and it doesn't feel like you're making any fucking progress and like I didn't feel like I was anything was changing. We did these dailies and yeah, I got shit like I got garbage and so what the fuck is the point? I just you keep doing stuff like I don't know loot games need to be really fucking on top of that shit and so if I'm gonna do them and why not feeling like I wasted my time then they've lost me basically in my opinion yeah so I played um I when I started I was on purple and golds I think yeah and after the first couple of I think we did like two or three runs with this is before I played with you um I was playing with Cleb and, and Drew. I yeah. had like three or four sets by the end of those like two or three missions. And my damage had pretty much like tripled or more than tripled. And my toughness had gone from like 90,000 up to like 600,000. <laughs> so I was definitely feeling like I was getting gear. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like Cleb is an expert. I think, was it Cleb or Hardy? Shit, I'm confused. It was one of those two. Um, I think it was Club. I saw you playing with Club a lot. I mean, Club. Um, yeah, like he, he seemed like the expert. In, like in, in some of those modes, he'd played a lot of them previously. Like he's done the DLC, um, so he was running us through a couple of them. Um, whereas when I jumped in with Nate, <laughs> Nate kept picking like collectible missions, like not even side missions. Just like let's go find the foreign. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's like, what are we doing this for? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, you're finding phones for us. Um, yeah, so we weren't really sure where some of this DLC stuff was, but we eventually found it. Um, I, th- I think Gav was in there. Squirrel was in there at one stage, and that's when we were doing the um, the uh, uh, resistance stuff. Which, yeah, that, that's a cool mode. I think that's really uh, an interesting take on it. Yeah. Anyway. I'm keen to see what they do with it, like how they evolve that format and where it's set up, and uh, and take the game because I think they learned a lot from stuff like Watchdogs, and I think they improved on that quite a lot with the sequel. Yep. And um, you know, even things like recent releases with Assassin's Creed, like that's done. A, that was a huge turnaround on that game. That was so good that one. Um, so yeah, hopefully they learn lessons from that. And, and even with the division, like when I jumped into that game there was like eight patch notes pages with like here's all the shit we've changed and I'm like oh man we gotta read all this stuff and there was a, there was a lot of changes in there so yeah it seems like they're definitely behind it which is good alright mm. anyway um, a- anything else you want to speculate on The Division 2 I guess we find out more at E3 I suppose we will yeah yeah alright uh, next up is some more news uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was announced last night the uh, the final chapter in the origin story for Lara Croft the reboot right yeah I saw this uh, looks like she's actually me raiding tombs right I yep. guess uh, she did in the last one a bit but I got real bored with that one real quick so I don't know yeah yeah uh, so this leaked last uh the night before <laughs> um how did it leak i wrote a story on this i should know um right. <laughs> uh, basically their website launched 
uh, with like a countdown teaser on like tombraider.com oh, yeah. uh, and I was like hey check back tomorrow this this date and time um, unfortunately somebody didn't take like the tags out of uh, the HTML oh, code oh no and so you would go into the HTML code and it was like Shadow of the Tomb Raider <laughs> and it had like all this you know like releasing you know had the, the release date September uh, what platforms it was on um, the like the final chapter in the Lara Croft origin story like all this stuff and it was just like oh man uh, and then uh, I saw Steve post another story then the trailer the teaser trailer got leaked as well before that they wow. um they can't catch a break on this game because uh, I, I think we talked about it when it first happened um, a couple years back in 2016 uh, there was a, an IADOS Montreal employee on a train working on a presentation for an unannounced game which was Shadow of the Tomb Raider it was logos and stuff on there um, so that, that floated around the internet for a while and then in 2017 a bunch of art assets and, and logo uh, key art went up online um, for Shadow of the Tomb Raider um, and this is still at a point where the game was not officially announced uh, and then at the end of last year is when when uh, I think it was Square Enix or maybe the Tomb Raider team came out and actually said hey we're working on a new Tomb Raider uh, we'll announce it next year so every time they try and do something for this game it just yeah. goes like, I feel like the game's going to be out before they announce like it's supposed to be out <laughs> <laughs> like, it'll leak online somewhere a month before <laughs> that seems to be the rate they're going with at the moment with this one um, I guess the difference—the difference between uh, this and the last game—will be that it doesn't sound like it's going to be an exclusive, a timed exclusive, at least. Um, yeah. Rise, Rise of the Tomb Raider was on Xbox um, until it went to PlayStation the following year. Uh, this one, judging from what they're saying, is uh, is going to be on on PC, Win- uh, Windows PC, PlayStation Four, and Xbox One uh, at the same time. So that's kind of cool. Um, I enjoyed that first game second one a lot of people loved it but I just felt like it was yeah it did more of the same it was pretty uh, pretty similar like I thought the first yeah. one was good second one was good um, but yeah I'm definitely keen to check it out I know you're a bit iffy I yeah I don't know I just don't feel like I just I didn't feel like the puzzles were engaging enough that's what I need I need good puzzles if I'm just going to be basically a passenger in someone else's story then yeah at least let me solve some good puzzles yeah that's how I feel right but yeah yeah that's it that's what I got um that was a busy night so while that is all happening it's yeah. it's actually been a busy week in terms of gaming news it was ridiculous. actually has been yeah yeah um so while that was happening uh we knew there was a PUBG roadmap coming out um uh, for 2018 we talked about it a couple weeks ago they said they'd release it and then um, uh, as I'm writing this story I'd actually already written up like a, a template for a PUBG roadmap 2018 mm-hmm. article because um, yep. the day before Plarinome was like hey we're releasing it tomorrow we'll have more information we're getting excited blah 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 um, so they announced it that night uh, like basically after I'd finished writing this Tomb Raider thing Yep. The uh, the PUBG roadmap went up about an hour later, um, and they went through and listed a bunch of the the changes that are coming to the game, and, and some that are already starting to, well, some that are already in there um, from the last patch that went up. 
Do you want to run through some of that stuff? Sure. Do you have the list open or should I get it? Uh, I've got it. You've got it? I think. Yes. I'm just trying to find my article because I went There it is. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, basically, the... They're doing a whole bunch of shit, but um, yeah, they're redoing a bunch of the buildings in the game, uh, which I think is absolutely necessary. Uh, they've got a new map coming in. It's a lot smaller. It's like a 4K by 4K yeah. size. Uh, yeah, so that, that'll be a lot smaller, a lot tighter. I think they need to do that because they need to do something for esports to like incentivize people to watch, uh, to get into conflict a lot faster. Um, so I think a smaller map will be a, a really good way to, to do that, but they may, still may need to go even further. They've introduced emotes. They're already available, the emotes. Um, People were freaking know. out about them before they came out. I don't know what that brings to the table or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, they got some plans for some new game modes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but... I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what they put together on that one. I guess, you know, maybe it'll be 50 versus 50 or some shit. Uh, if they just want to do what Fortnite did to PUBG and. What if they make a. Fortnite? What if they make a Fortnite game? Ah. Like a building game. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what they should do. Just let me build 17 fucking stairs on top of one another. I love that. There's nothing more satisfying than watching someone definitely get shot but they've managed to accidentally build six six bunches of stairs all at once, and so suddenly they're not being shot anymore because they're, they're getting the stairs are getting shot instead. That's that's quality gameplay to me. That's high quality gameplay. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I was one of the five hundred and seventy thousand people 600. watching Drake and Ninja play last night. No, I stopped watching before they got to six hundred. But uh, yeah, I watched I watched them get a, a victory royale. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was just really engaging gameplay to watch that dude just build a, a lot of walls really quickly. Uh, that, I think, that, I think it takes a lot of skill to build a lot of walls really quickly, uh, build walls in the same place on top of one another and then some stairs. I, like, I don't know. It's not like mechanical skill, like being able to accurately shoot someone very quickly. Uh, that is apparently not necessary in Fortnite because that dude missed a lot. Uh, and you could watch him miss, but it didn't matter because he was building more walls, and uh, he would, there were large sections of gameplay while he was playing with Drake where he was just knocking down trees because he wanted to be able to build more walls. And I mean, yeah, sign me the fuck up to watch more of that. I, I can't get enough of it. I don't want to be involved in it. I want to play that. I want to build more walls. Why don't, why don't I get to build walls and stairs on top of one another all the time in all my games? I just, I don't know. I, take me back to the Quake days. Put me on fucking, put me on Q3 DM6, but let me build some walls to make up for the fact that I can't hit any motherfucker ever with a, a rail gun. And we'll see what happens then, motherfuckers. I'll be the best of walls. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's awesome. You're jumping ahead here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you're the one. Who, you're the one who brought up fucking building. Um, you triggered me. Yeah, sorry. They're adding new vehicles in the first half of this year, um, which and they're going to continue to add more weapons and more weapon attachments. Um, 
a peek at one of the new weapons. I think it's a FN Foul, right? Which is awesome. It's literally my favorite game from the Army series. So I'm very excited to see that one jump into into the game. Um, I don't know. I, I, I had been operating. Uh, the new vehicles thing is, op, uh, is interesting to me because I had been operating on this idea that they must have two land vehicles in each map for some reason, right? Two four-wheel based land vehicles for some reason right there must be something about optimization there but uh apparently not apparently i was wrong i hope they had a fucking little bird helicopter i reckon that'd be fucking that'd be something else they you'd be a lunatic to do it but it'd be crazy it'd be <laughs> rad um jetpack uh, oh yeah no a jetpack what about some um what about a glider that you can deploy at any time to get up hills really fast mm, sounds good yeah. Um, anyway, the adding achievement. The achievement's already in. Uh, I've got a bunch already. Uh, of course I do. Uh, I've got a bunch as well. They've got the new in-game friends list. Uh, I hate it, so hopefully they get rid of that. And squad voice chat in the main menu. I don't know why. I don't know how to get it to work. I don't I don't know anybody knows how to get it to work. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they're testing limb and vehicle bullet penetration. Yeah. Um so adding more depth to the ballistic system um that's crazy i don't think they should i think they this is feature creep in my opinion uh it is fine the way it is now i've never shot into a car and thought fuck i wish it penoed the way it does in a real game uh, in a real in the real life because uh yeah i i, I don't know i just think that is uh, they're going a bit too far or like limb in penetration as well. It's- I think this is a um, response to the esports scene of, of like what they do at the moment is everybody gets cars and they just drive around and then they they make little forts. Yep. Um, oh, out of the cars, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's a response to that. Okay. Otherwise, I don't really that see why they're doing it. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't see the reason either. Um, they're looking, they're overhauling the animation systems in both TPP and FPP, uh, which is a good idea. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's not prioritized. Uh, so I, I don't hate the animations as they are. Uh, and they're overhauling the parachuting system to make it more responsive. Hopefully they don't fuck it up again. Like they did around 1.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't be a fan of that. Obviously, st- uh, stability and optimization continue to be a huge part of the roadmap. Uh, and, I mean, they released a patch, and then they patched that patch pretty quickly. There was uh, three patches sh- last night. Yeah, three patches. in, But, like, there's been, like, five patches in the space of, like, the last five days, hmm. um, which is awesome. It means that they're, like, showing that finally they've wound up to the point where they're actually able to workout and stuff um, but last I don't know if it was last week but they put out that anti-cheat patch because yeah. that went up and I was like this is definitely an anti-cheat patch because they're not telling us what it is and then oh. it fucking broke everything yeah it was breaking everything yeah uh, but they patched they patched on that pretty quickly as well they, um, they, took, it away, they took it out oh is that what the patch was yeah they took that out um, yeah but I don't know Just, it shows that they're pretty they're being more responsive uh, which is awesome it took a lot of time they they were being a bit they they got to work on their communication skills and, and uh, that is still the biggest thing that they have to do is yeah. work on communication job says as he yells over Luke um, <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, yeah, they're working on new sounds. I, I think the new plane sounds are already in, aren't they? They are definitely in because I heard it for the first time and I did not know what was going on. Yeah, it's, it's one crazy. of those things where you're used to something and you hear something else and you're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what? yeah, the plane sounds very different uh, and also they've removed the ambient sounds as well. They've lowered it a lot. So, uh, you can't... You're not hearing like a distant like whooshing sound constantly. It's It's very quiet now. You haven't noticed? No, I haven't. All right. Turn your game sound up. Yeah, maybe I have to. <laughs> um, Super quiet now. Uh, they're doubling down on their focus on uh, esports, uh, which I think is interesting, but uh, I also think they need to, if they're going to do it, they need to focus on getting their fucking the mid portion of every map. Uh, they need to do something about that to make it far more interesting. But they're talking about how you know they think the 3D replay system is critical to uh, to the esports, and I 1,000% agree. It's part of a, a story that I've been working on for a little bit. Uh, is about how at this stage, I think every game should have not necessarily a 3D replay system, but it's the fact that like they've integrated. There a demo system into 3D replays mm. uh, that I think is fucking brilliant. And at this point, I think every like every uh, esports should have a fucking demo system um, to some extent. But yeah, they were saying, and they're they're doing a play data API API tool set, and it is actually something that uh, they were talking about at the EGAA was. Um, how games that have that provide more stat uh, stats to people mm-hmm. generally wind up being more successful as an esport, and that's why Dota and Counter Strike are the kings of the fucking castle because you can there the fouls open API shit is ludicrous. The amount of data you can get out of them is crazy, and I hope they don't. Is this fucking paywall that's coming in going to ruin that or what? Is the sorry. The paywall, Dota Two Pro, whatever the fuck. No, it's it's, it's already in. That, is, the, the the pro stuff is basically, um, uh, which I didn't put down here. It, it's uh, so they would do battle passes every time there was an esports event. Yeah. Um, so they're getting rid of the battle passes and just having like a generic all year round. Um, but aren't you getting like a bunch of stats and stuff or whatever? Uh, you, you get more like stats tracking for individual heroes and like achievements or, or like challenges and shit like that um i believe somebody uh on reddit worked it out and it's actually valve's making less money out of this than doing the battle packs so it's not like they're going for more money um sounds like it's cheaper actually so yeah i'm not sure what the end game is i haven't checked any of that stuff out but it seems like there's a lot of content in those things yeah okay Fair enough. Um, but yeah, the API stuff is completely different. I mean, you look at some of the tournaments that Valve does run it and the way that production companies sort of take those tools and integrate them into being able to show people what's going on with the screens. Like, um, things like we've seen in the past are the, all right, there's a team fight and then all of a sudden the screen goes fucking, it <laughs> completely changes and it shows you whose abilities have gone off and who's still got stuff in there, health bars for, for all the players and teams and just crazy stuff like that. It allows... It allows production companies to, to do more things like that um, and make the viewing experience either more watchable, question mark. Some of that stuff was a bit janky to start with in the Dota scene in particular, yeah. but it's gotten, like, some of the stuff in there is really good. 
Yeah, okay. I thought it was involved. Like, it, I thought it. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was just me reading the the reactions to it on Twitter and Reddit. But it seemed like, from what I was reading, that they were locking a bunch of statistics behind a paywall. But if they're going to leave all their open API shit actually untouched, then it should still be all good. Uh, cool. I mean, anyway. yeah, there's stuff like Dota buff that you can go to and, and look at. Yeah, that's stats, what I was thinking. So, right? yeah. yeah. Custom uh, game modes. Custom what? Custom custom games. Yeah. Custom games. More, uh, more more stuff. More control and shit. Yeah, which is good uh, for people like Stabby's who are running them. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, he can get to a point where he can create the custom game he's always wanted. And uh, yeah, um, more community developer support and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. It looks pretty good. It's it, it's not even that's not even everything. That's just a broad. Um, list of what they're bringing to the table. Uh, I'm excited. I think it should turn out good. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go back to where I started with this story. Uh, so I was doing. Um, I knew this roadmap thing was coming up. Um, and so I'd started yeah. working on a template and had you know a bunch of content in there, like my opening paragraph and kind of my end paragraph. But I didn't really know what they were going to be talking about. Um, so I had that sitting there and I looked at their, their website and looked at like their news and they structure their news in the same format every time. Like the URL is the same. Um, they just increment by number. And so I went to the latest post and added an extra number in there. Um, and the page loaded, but there was nothing in there. Um, and this was during the day, like the, the day before I knew it was coming up. So I was like, oh, all right, I'll keep an eye on this page and see if anything pops up. And so I'd written this, um, this Tomb Raider thing. And by this stage, like the, it was getting, I, I thought they'd maybe delayed this roadmap thing because it was late. It was like three o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, and so I'd written this Tomb Raider thing, published that. And then I had that page open still and I refreshed it and it popped up and like all the content was there. I was like, oh, fuck, they've announced it before. Like, while I was doing all that Tomb Raider shit. And then I went on to Twitter <laughs> and I'm looking and there's nothing on Twitter. And then I'm like, wait, what the fuck? And I looked at, like, the Player Unknown thing. There's nothing on Player Unknown Twitter account. There's nothing on Discord. There's, there's nothing anywhere. And then I go back to the main page on PUBG and the latest news article is still the old one and not the roadmap. And I'm like, fuck, they've put it up, but they haven't published it anywhere. So then I jump back into my article. I start, like, I copy and paste, like, everything. And I start formatting it. I finish my story. And there's still no announcement up. And I'm like, oh, shit, I could just publish this now. Yeah. And and anyway, so I put the concept up, up on the um, concept art, the the 4x4, like, little thing that they had up. Like, hey, here's a new map. I put that up on my Twitter account and posted it. And then yeah. nothing happened. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Whatever. And I was about to go to bed because I didn't want to be that guy that was like, oh, I fucking ruined it all for you. Um, and then I was what? about to go to bed. And this is about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes after I'd finished all this stuff. They yeah. uh, they finally posted the, uh, hey, here's our roadmap. And literally, like, I was on Twitter as soon as they posted that. And I just pressed publish on my article. So, within about nice. 30 seconds of that going up, I was on it. Awesome. I was on there. Um, it's like... Yeah, I've done that multiple times where people have, uh, they, they don't change their name formatting and it's just sitting there in the background and you can find that. Yeah, it's because it's uh, SEO best practice. <laughs> yeah. 
because people like because uh, Google already scrapes that that shit, and so they don't change the the URL um, to to make sure that Google has already like, scraped it or some shit. No, I don't. Know. I don't fucking. I'm not an SEO wizard, but basically. The SEO wizards have told me that you are supposed to not change the URL wherever possible. And on fucking Red Bull, you literally cannot change the URL. If you wanted to, if you like typo in a URL, you have to delete the entire article, scrub it from the CMS, and then put it all back in again. It is the maddest pain in the dick, and you get like three warnings saying, are you sure this is the URL you want? You cannot change this URL, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was kind of sitting on that, and I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to post it. So, yeah. like, you can go to my Twitter and see that I've, it's up there, and then, like, 15 minutes later is when the, uh, the the social media account on PUBG has been like, hey, here's our roadmap. But, anyway, just going to say I'm, I was on the board. Ball. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. A lot of cool changes coming to that. Um, yeah, and then some of them are already in there, but uh, I've played a bit the last couple of days, and... Um, it's been fun. It's still a fun game. Um, keep going. More news. Lots here. Uh, Days Gone has been pushed back to 2019. This is one of Sony's big releases. It was going to be one of their big releases of the year. It's that that zombie, uh, like, apocalypse in the forest game that we've seen uh, the last couple of times at E3. Um, yeah. The one they've been showing off the tech with the, hey, here's you know, 120 zombies on the screen at once, all climbing over each other and stuff. That's that one. That one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the one. The one that um, looks pretty bad. Yeah, not a lot of lo- not a lot of love coming out from that one. Um, yeah. So yeah, they've pushed that back to next year. Maybe needed a bit more time to be worked on. Which um, for me, the more interesting thing is like what what moves up. Is it Spider Man get pushed back now to uh, fill in that hole for the end of the oh, year? Oh, fucking that'd be exciting. Wouldn't hate that. That'd be a positive outcome. Because I really want to play Spider-Man, and I don't want to play Days Gone. So wait, no, uh, no, Spider-Man gets pushed back. <laughs> Spider-Man's back. supposed to be out this first half of this year. Oh, well, I don't think that's happening. Oh, I thought it was first half of next year. Uh, was it? No. Now that you say it, I'm pretty sure you're correct. Yeah, it was supposed to be first half of this year. Right. Yeah. Um, and you, okay. I fuck. think that's not happening anymore. They've well, that got, sucks. They've got that's uh, Detroit. They've announced that that's coming out when May. Yeah, I don't care. Um, God of War is April. There's not much room left for Spider-Man, right? True. And I, I think with the move of Days Gone now being pushed out of the end of this year, that uh, Spider-Man fills that slot now. But I, yeah, I don't know what what day you put that because you don't want it in October. Uh, I felt like April would have been a good spot because it's kind of around um, the Avengers films or film, you know, superhero-ish. Yeah. It's good marketing. Yeah. Um, even though it's not the same universe and that sort of stuff, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, slotting that into the end of the year, you end up with a weird situation where you're competing against Red Dead and everybody's moving their games away from Red Dead at the moment. Mm. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, yeah... They're not going to hit the first half of this year for Spider-Man. It doesn't sound like so. End of next, end of this year's maybe is a better fit for them. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I was so excited there. Yeah, I was keen to play that. Looks sick. Looks sick. Um, Fortnite's coming to mobile, or it's out on mobile, or some sort of sign-up page you can go to and play it on 
build forts in your night on the toilet. Love it. Are you excited? So excited. Can't can't wait. Um, have we clarified whether or not they're playing against PC players? I, I thought it was cross-compatible, yeah. I cannot believe that is true. I, like, that can't be true. Yeah, Epic has confirmed the Xbox One will also support cross-play, cross-progression, and cross-purchase on Windows, PC, PlayStation 4, iOS, and Android. That's what that's saying in this post on the Epic website. That's crazy. You cannot put people... Oh my god, that's that's nuts. You can't play on mobile against fucking people on PC. That's insane. Or even on console. Jesus Christ. For a competitive game. For a, an <laughs> eSport. It's an eSport now. Oh, is it? Why is that? Uh, well, fucking... I think Optic has a team or FaZe has a team. I don't know, your streaming team though? I, I fucking hope so. Um, anyway I can't watch it for <laughs> so long no matter right? how much Drake they throw at you I know right no matter like for so long I have been accepting that Fortnite is a better viewing experience because it is faster paced and so to me it makes more sense that you want to watch it because you can't really sit in a house for like for 25 minutes in Fortnite you have to keep moving at all times. You basically have to keep moving. But watching it is so fucking bad. Watching people build walls on top of walls is just so dull. And watching someone win a game because they happen to have a fucking rocket launcher is just the worst. The rocket launcher, right, takes literally no skill to get... A kill with so like why does it exist holy shit does it need a rail gun huh lightning gun rail gun that's it yeah yeah the, uh, yeah and a gauntlet yeah no like why why would there be a rocket launcher it is the splash damage it does is too big so you wind up like just murdering people really quickly with it oh, oh my god it's ridiculous um, I was watching, like, I don't know if it was lag or something, but this ninja dude was sniping people from fucking ages away, and he was getting hits, uh, when the crosswear wasn't even on them. Uh, but it wasn't like it was above them or below them, it was like, to the side of them. And they weren't moving in that direction. It's not like he was adjusting for their movement, he was, it's just, it's got like some sort of fucking bullet magnetism or something <laughs> or god forbid it's like rng on that shot but i don't think it is like the other thing was when he wasn't using the sniper rifle he'd, he'd just sit there like pinging at a motherfucker from like 50 meters away he'd, like do three round bursts three round bursts three round bursts and like fucking out of nine bullets one of them would hit he would be standing there shooting at someone who wasn't moving and only one in nine bullets would fucking connect I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, who the fuck wants to watch this happen? But it's just, it's just, it's baby's first fucking battle royale. What I find staggering, I like, I had this fucking epiphany 
this fucking glass shattering moment when everyone was losing their fucking dicks over Drake playing with fucking Ninja. But in every, literally every other case, right? If a major publisher with, uh, with decades of history, uh, in the business, uh, blatantly ripped off the game mode of a guy who literally invented it and has spent the last fucking seven years refining the concept. If that happened with any other game, everyone would be up in arms about that major publisher ripping off this indie because he is blue hole is an indie and Brennan green did invent the fucking genre so how the fuck is everyone backing Fortnite in this? How the fuck is everyone like, yeah, Fortnite's best punchy's dead, which is literally a tweet I read. I read this. I saw this tweet. I'm like, how the fuck is this a position people are taking? First of all, why do you want PUBG to die? Right. It's just a different game. Just don't play it if you're not a fan. It's pretty easy. Other people like it. Jesus Christ. But second of all, why the fuck are you on the... Why is... Why are we suddenly on big business's side? Like, Blue Hole's a fucking indie. Good God. I thought we were supposed to be on indie sides. But no. Everyone's like, oh. he got in that fridge, Job, everyone's like, fuck indie. Ha! <laughs> ha! <laughs> Classic. Fresh reference. Uh, fucking i don't know man it's crazy something it's something very weird mm. i don't i don't think i ever said it on the podcast conspiracy joe yeah on the podcast but conspiracy joe you know how uh reddit's fucked to death with uh russian bots and people uh and that's people that's doing that shit no like russian bots that are like supporting donald trump all oh, right okay yeah sure yeah 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 uh what if what if a major publisher did roughly the same thing, paid some made, like large internet company to do so, this, a similar thing for their game and to sync another game. Hmm. What if, What if? I don't know, what if that happened? Or what, what if they paid, I don't know, uh, influencers a lot of money to play their game and get hits on it? Oh, yeah, no, well, the, there's that one as well. <laughs> uh, you yeah. don't think that happens? Uh... Hmm, interesting. I hadn't thought about it, but yeah. yes. Hmm. Yeah, right. All right. So, Fortnite's coming to mobile. Um, you can sign up for it if you want to play it on the toilet. Uh, all right. Next up, Half Brick is uh, laying off, well, it's laid off half its staff, apparently. Half Brick is, this is some local news. Half Brick uh, created, what was it, Fruit Ninja back in the day. That classic mobile game where you'd slice fruit on your phone. <laughs> and then they uh, followed that up with. Uh, like a Connect version of it, Fruit Ninja Connect. Um, yep, and then they uh, also did Jetpack Joyride, which was another big uh, game for them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, since then, like a lot of those key staff kind of moved on, went elsewhere. A lot of the lead designers uh, and and the people behind that game, th- those games in particular. Um, so yeah, not much has really, uh, well, nothing big has really come out from those guys, right? In the last couple of years. Yeah, not really. No, no. Um, so from what I gather, they were working on 
pretty much just going to be focusing on those two IPs that they had. Uh, so being Fruit Ninja and Jetpack Joyride. And then, um, I don't know, it doesn't sound like that's sort of working out for them for the time being. Like, yeah, I guess. I mean, so, yeah, I guess the big guy, the, the big designers left, right? Yeah. And, yeah, now they're just sort of, they've been trying to find the next big thing, and I guess they haven't. But uh, it's still, yeah, it's still a mad bummer that a whole bunch of people got laid off. Yeah. Hopefully they, like, they can use, uh, they've, they've got, like, they were there long enough for it to be useful on their resumes and they can get a job somewhere else. Um, there's definitely a lot more, like, games jobs going in Australia than there was a couple of years ago. So it's not as dire as it was, but it's still a mad bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, talking about uh, around 30 staff members. So there was around maybe 70, between 70 and 100 working there at one stage. Um, so yeah, quite a, yeah. quite a lot of people for a, one of what was our most successful <laughs> yeah. um, game studios. That uh, it sounds like they just haven't done a good job of adapting and and I don't know, trying to come up with new ideas or something like that. Uh, yeah, there was an article on Kotaku ages ago that sort of dug into the how they sort of turned into like a. a a games mill type thing yeah where they just churn shit out and uh yeah I think maybe that might have bombed them yeah uh Fruit Ninja Battle Royale where you slice fruit with 100 other people genius uh and the person that slices the most fruit wins I love it I'm not sure I mean how many walls can you build Uh, all of them yeah and uh you're, you're paying for it what? You're paying for the wall. I'm I'm Mexico in this scenario. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> You're paying for a job, all right? Oh, okay, fine. Try and climb it. You fine. can't. You can't climb it. Can't climb it. No. You you climb. You're the climb. Um. All right. What's next? More Australian news. <laughs> all our international listeners are loving this. They're um, about it. And this is a big one. This is all an interesting one. Uh, PAX Australia and EB Expo or EB Games are teaming up to have EB Games Expo inside of PAX Oz this year. It's true. <laughs> it is true. But we're all about facts here, Job. Yep. In the news. In the news. Uh, yeah. This um, is strange, right? But I've got some guesstimating, some guessing. Go. Guess. Guessing. Um, EB Games, uh, the expo. Uh, it's been originally held in Brisbane, in the Gold Coast, and then they moved down to Sydney um, into a, the, one of the big stadiums down here Mm -hmm. um they did that for a couple of years the uh the contract i guess on that one ran out moved back up to um the gold coast again last year um even before that like we were seeing a lot of like publishers not necessarily going as as hard out at, at this event um so it looked like they weren't uh eb probably not making as much money off of it it was costing them a lot of money um, and it was also something that they kind of tied into their um, their annual event of getting all their staff around and managers to check out the games that were coming out and getting them more like more familiar with it, um, and then having all the publishers along to that to show off what 
exactly was coming out. Um, so that was the originally the idea, and then they said, "Hey, we can make money off of this, and then charge people to come look at this stuff as well." And um, yeah, it works both ways. Like EB is getting money out of it, and also publishers getting money from people doing pre-orders and and uh, exposure for their game. Um, but yeah, that kind of with packs coming along and sort of eating a lot of that, or a bit of it, not all of it, but some of it. Uh, EB Expo really wasn't getting the numbers that it was in the past like that first year i think it sold out quite quickly but from then on it not not as much um so yeah i think this is a way for them to sort of team up and also both it's it's a way for both businesses to sort of save a bit of money like eb can have their i don't think there's going to be too much that'll change out of it i think we're going to get a lot more publishers coming along to pax australia um but it's not going to be like, hey, this is the EB Expo inside of PAX Australia. I think it's going to be like, they're going to call it the EB EB Games floor or something like that. Or like, it, it'll just be the room. You know, sometimes you go to these events. This is the ESL studio, but they don't necessarily have um, all ESL stuff there. It's just kind of like brought to you by the, like the GameSpot Theater, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be the, they're just going to have a label on the publisher section. Um, PAX Oz um, didn't always get a lot of the publishers along to these things I think EB Games is going to be able to It's got they've got that power to do that now um, yep. so we're going to see a lot more publishers down there um, sort of a, a bit of a win for both sides right I feel like yeah um, yeah absolutely seen a lot of and, people and everyone else as well it. yeah, yeah. I, I don't see the point of being annoyed about it I mean it's, I think it's definitely more of a win for EB Games than it is for PAX, in that EB Games will come way a lot better out of this yep. arrangement, but only because they were starting from such a poor position. Um, yeah, uh, I don't I don't understand why people would be getting up in arms about it, as long as they don't introduce the stupid fucking EB Games fucking VIP bullshit. Um, I don't they won't think- do that. There's no way they'll do that. Yeah, I think like, as I said, I think this is just a like a we're calling this the EB game section. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what I think is, is going to happen, and it will mean that Activision will actually come to fucking packs as opposed to setting up a half-assed thing outside or nearby, what like they have every other time. Or um, those types of people. Yeah, uh, which is good. Um, yeah, otherwise, I mean. Yeah, I think it's just a good thing. I think it's just generally a good thing. Because uh, I wasn't going to go to EB Games Expo ever again. Um, I haven't been for... A, I only go unless I need to do some... Uh, like, they usually do the media night beforehand, and that's usually when I've yeah. been the last couple of times. Yeah, that's... And, yeah, that's for the publishers, not for EB. I didn't even bother last, last year because it was in the Gold Coast. Mm. Um, so they just... Like, publishers just did stuff at their offices and stuff. Um yeah to me it's it's an upside both both get an upside um consumers get an upside because yeah more publishers will come to this party and yeah it just i think it just means that packs will be better yeah ultimately so i think it's a good thing um pretty exciting um yeah that's it yeah and i think um by eb eb games being the biggest retailer games retailer in australia they've got a little leeway um you know, you could speculate, Job. Let's not, this isn't like true, but it, you know we're pretty good at speculating. 
Sure. Um, if EB Games, for example, were to say, hey, you need to come to this thing. Otherwise, you know, it's probably in your best interest. You want to come to the table on this because, uh, you know, we got store, store shelf space that we need to allocate for games. And maybe, maybe if you don't come to this, <laughs> uh, we might be able, we won't have, uh, we won't be able to sell your game or we're not going to have enough, you know, units to be able to sell your game. We're going to do something else. So they've got a bit of leeway there. I'm just speculating. They, they, they did, they, you know, I'm not saying that's true. That's not what they've said, but let's, uh, let's say that we're pretty good at calling these shots. <laughs> If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so that's why we'll see more publishers at, at PAX Australia. Uh, yeah. Yep. I think you heard. Yeah. So it should be good. No need to get upset unless they start doing weird shit there. Um, and it'll mean, it'll mean there's less room for... I've not liked some of the stuff they've done recently with getting tech companies on board and having uh, giveaways, some dude yelling f- for fucking 20 minutes and throwing hats in out in the crowd uh, or USB keys at people. Uh, that's uh, I don't like that stuff. That's terrible. Yeah, but that's because we're old. Yeah. Who wants a USB key? Everybody say Logitech, Logitech. And then I get upset because I'm drinking somewhere else and not actually on the show floor. So it's very true. Yeah. I don't know why we are coming, commenting on this at all. We'll be at the casino watching the basketball. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's the news. That is the news. Um, have we got any questions? I'm pretty sure we do have we questions. We do. Sure. We do have questions. Uh, let me just check the email. The email? Yeah, the email. Check in the emails. Check and email. Um, no, uh, but we do have questions in our Discord. How do they get the questions from the Discord? They, they can go to our website. It's the gapodcast.com slash Discord. It'll open up a link uh, and that'll take you to our, our Discord page. It's science or magic. I'm not sure which one, but it, uh, it works and uh, you can leave us questions if you want to. Or we can talk about video games or you can, like Drew's playing... I'm not sure. PUBG at the moment. He's by himself. What a what an weird. odd duck. It's what an weird. odd duck. We could jump in there quickly and say hi and then just leave. No. no. Um, I don't think so. No. All right. March 13. Why am I saying the date? That's weird. Um, all right. <laughs> Baz writes, thanks for the previous advice. I was hoping you didn't miss it. That question, uh, that, that question has don't been do it, there. Don't, don't read it. For- for about a fortnight, that oh, son of a gosh. bitch. I tried to and he wrote it. Fortnite again. He, f- he wrote it incorrectly again. Um, what a bastard. He's the biggest. He's the, I bet you he's got like, he went out and bought a bunch of iPads. Um, no, Epic, this is part of Conspiracy Joe's theory. Epic has been paying Baz oh. to seed Fortnite into our fucking podcast as much as possible. Right. Cheeky cunt. Um, have you guys used Steam Link or have you streamed to a laptop from your gaming desktop? After much research, if you already have a gaming desktop, the solution the solution I found was to use a notebook that is portable and has a good screen and you can simply turn it into a powerful gaming machine if you stream within your local network at home from your desktop using Steam's ability to stream from one device to another. My desktop is wired to the network and my wife's notebook has AC Wi-Fi and it streams like a dream. You can catch up 
uh, on your lower spec required games, indie games, while you cannot stream from your desktop, some of them uh, would include the top 10 games to play on a surface you mentioned a few weeks ago. Anyway, keep up the good work, champs. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I, I do actually stream from my desktop uh, sometimes, but uh, it usually requires uh, quite a bit of like fucking forethought. So I usually only do it like the way my house is set up. Uh, there is uh, a very small wall that stops it from basically being a studio apartment. Um, uh, otherwise, my bedroom would be in the lounge room uh, without this wall, with this tiny, without this tiny wall. Mm. Uh, so, as my like, as the setup is at the moment, um, my PC is basically in my lounge room uh, slash kitchen, and. Um, so, yeah, the only times I do it is when I really, really, really feel like I need to be playing on my couch as opposed to in my computer chair, which actually, uh, as it was yesterday uh, when I was quite hungover, um, was the case. So I streamed from my fucking – I streamed dead cells from my computer yeah. instead of installing it <laughs> on my computer, on my HD PC, my home theater PC. Uh, but it's yeah, it is a fucking awesome solution, uh, and like a great way to be able to play top-notch games on your TV. So uh, it's good advice. Yep. Mm. Um, uh, but you don't have you Steam. Don't? Link, you do yeah. it all. No, I don't. No. I don't need to though. This the like if you've got a HDPC uh, capable of streaming like 4K Netflix, uh, then you have you're able to use the Steam stream. Mm. So you don't need a Steam link. And obviously, a HDPC capable of streaming 4K Netflix is a little bit more expensive than a Steam link. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you can do all sorts of other shit with a fucking HDPC. So, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You got a, stream, a Steam link? No, I've talked about it You before. wouldn't need to, right? I yeah. don't. Yeah, because I've got most of my stuff I play on my desktop and my TV is hooked up to my, um, my desktop anyway. So, yeah. Uh, if I want to go sit on my couch, I can just uh, just change change display monitors, you know, to the to the 4K TV, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I haven't had a need for a Steam Link. But I, the only other thing I've done is the um, I've talked about this before the the PlayStation, uh, very similar thing where you can stream games from your PlayStation to your computer. Um, and we we've played a couple of games like that before. And um, uh, Nate definitely did it. Did the did the streaming his xbox to his pc yes for a large part of the sea of thieves beta yeah uh because he didn't want uh, he he didn't want to download again didn't want to download it again (laughs) that's fair enough man because uh because when i was waiting to play with you guys on the weekend yeah that download speed was horrible it was mine was mine hammered what's going on so i looked it up and i tried to um see like hey why is the speed so slow is there something i can do and it was like try running these commands in windows to clear your windows store cache or something so i I don't know we'll see if that fixes it up Um, yeah because i'm definitely gonna have to download that again aren't i when that game comes out uh i would love for it to just be like hey it'd be cool if it updated (laughs) yeah update it that'd be great i hope it does that um Anyway, I feel like it might not happen. Uh, yeah, good question. Good question, ish, ish, ish. Well, there wasn't a lot to the qu- the question. It was it was a lot of advice, um, but it was good advice. Hmm. Johnny Bravo writes. Uh, I don't know the etiquette here. If I'm supposed to just ask a question, if I can contribute to questions already asked. Well, you just asked a question, Johnny, didn't you? 
You do whatever you want. I'll it's contribute, the then ask a question. Yeah, it's true. Uh, first, my recommendation for a gaming laptop to, uh, is to use the Australian company metabox.com.au, a Perth company who do custom gaming laptops at a pretty good price, which you can cater to your own needs, budget. I have a 15.6-inch laptop with the GTX 1060, blah, blah, blah. It's meaty. Uh, regarding the gaming laptop for traveling, yeah, it's pretty fucking meaty. Is it like the? I wonder if it's the true 1060 or the the M. It's probably the true one, right? They've gone straight for the full 1060 now. Yeah, right. They don't do the M class anymore, do they? No, nah, they just do flat out. Yeah. They just call it the same thing. Yep. And don't type meatbox.com.au like I nearly did. <laughs> I was so close to pressing enter enter on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is in relation to a question that was asked a couple of weeks ago about gaming laptops. We've been we've been diving <laughs> deep on the gaming laptop, drawing deep from that well for a while now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's good because um, my yeah my my position is still just to use a fucking surface and play shittier games. Uh, <laughs> regarding the gaming laptop for traveling, I travel mainly to the US uh, about every six to eight weeks for work during transit. I have my Surface Pro 4 for TV shows and movies that I catch up on, plus appropriate games that can run on that device. Nate was right that, at least for Qantas, they don't provide enough power to charge your gaming laptop in flight. Oh, I tried once. Picture attached. See? Oh, no. It's That's just, premium uh, economy. economy. Economy, yeah. Fucking check out fucking big, fucking big deal over here. Um... <laughs> Uh, I tried it once, pick attached, and didn't get much out of it. Plus, carrying a heavy gaming laptop plus power brick and associated peripherals is a pain through security and generally carrying it about. I checked my gaming laptop with a decent case around it and put my power brick and peripherals in a plastic bag and just packed that too. I used a TSA-proof padlock. Uh, there's a logo you have to look out for. It's like a red diamond thingy. Yeah. And haven't had any issues throughout my USA adventures. Uh, yeah, like that's generally a good idea um just take like um take carry on right Mm. if you're carrying something heavy right that you don't want to fucking hoof around in your fucking backpack right i do this i do this a lot uh when i took my playstation 4 over uh or like whenever i'm taking something over that i I think is valuable, but I don't want to fucking carry. Or like, you know, when you got to take fucking bulky cameras and shit, uh, right? Instead of instead of anything else, right? You do your backpack like you normally would. You put the fucking absolute must have on hand shit in there, right? So uh, your neck pillow, your eye mask, your uh, comfy jumper, jumper and your Surface Pro or whatever laptop variant you're using to play video games on, maybe a Switch as well. And uh, you put all that shit in the backpack, and then you get one of those carry-on-sized four-wheeled fucking luggage things, and you take that sucker, and you put uh, enough clothes like so that if they lose your luggage, you can actually change out of your stinky playing clothes. Uh, and then... Uh, you put the fucking heavy thing in there. Usually, I like I wrap, I, I wrap anything super important in like a couple of layers of clothes as well, just to make sure it stays all good. But uh, yeah, that's how I took my PlayStation over, um, and yeah, you just chuck it in the overhead bin, and everything's cool. Um, that's the way to do it, man. Don't worry about checking it. Like 
You can, but I checked the laptop once and they sent the fucking back, uh, bag to Peru. Mm. And luckily I had fucking travel insurance. Uh, but it took like four months for them to like reimburse me for that shit. So it was, and it was my work laptop too. And I got in trouble. Um, and, and they personally reimbursed me. Yeah. So it was like a bonus actually. Uh, in a lot of ways, it worked out pretty well for me, but you don't want it to happen. You don't want it to actually go down because it's a pain in the crotch. Six months later, they sent me my laptop back, which is even better. Um, so I got the laptop as well. Anyway, uh, Johnny Bravo. Oh, yeah, question. I'm just getting into R6 Siege. Actually, we didn't talk about Siege at all. Uh, I've been playing fuck tons of it. Hmm. Uh, I love it. Uh, and I can feel the potential to get better, but I'm just stuck in bronze. I feel I play pretty well in the shooting aiming department, where where I come in unstuck is the mechanics surrounding physically entering an area, either crashing through a window, coming from internal stairs, or crashing through the roof. I merely a barricade, wait, peek, and then get fucked. I throw a camera in to have uh, a look around, call all clear, and then enter and get fucked. I use a barn to blow through a fortified wall, I hopefully pick off some people, then enter and get fucked. What are your tips for Rainbow Six Siege noobs? Good question. Um, uh, a lot, like a lot of getting fucked. Uh, getting fucked is a really good way to um, learn all the sneaky places where you're going to get fucked yeah. uh, from. And there's a lot. Yeah, there are shitloads, and so, uh, so you sort of just have to get fucked a bunch before you can get past get like get to the stage before beyond getting fucked all the time uh which is a bit of a bummer but um yeah like uh the like it's, it seems like you're doing the right things to me uh if you're like a lot i see a lot of new players just fucking ball in like they're just like yep cool time to go in uh, i'll smash open this barricade and just jump straight through uh and then it's like and meanwhile you and i can't use our fusion yeah and we're like tactic, and we're yelling at a guy yeah like and that. then he quits and then he quits but, <laughs> yeah we did make it um but he did make a Hopefully mistake it wasn't Johnny <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like uh it's it's like it's one of those things right like you you smash it you peek you look around uh and drone in and you just got to trust that you've droned out the right spots. You've got to make sure you look like you actually properly clear the the best. The best fucky places are those tiny corners where you can definitely uh, like get someone if they don't actually clear it properly. So yeah, you just got to make sure you clear it properly. Look out for uh, like really really tiny holes in walls. Because that's the other thing. You know, like, when the tiny hole in the wall isn't about, like, seeing a person come in. It's about seeing the change in the light on the other on the other side of the hole. So once you see the light change, you're like, there's someone over there, bang, and you just start fucking wall banging. But it's, like, it's it's perfect because people, when you they're droning, they don't notice. And it's just one of those, like, that's absolutely one of those things that you'll never notice until you it happens to you. you got to watch the kill cam, but you watch the kill cam, you're like, fuck okay i can do that um and yeah that's that's basically it. going upstairs man is stairs are always like a tricky point but i'm like i'm thinking of like the stairs in the house hmm. the stairs in the house are a nightmare uh, so, so, I, so many rooms that can see those stairs 
you are <laughs> the sidelines are goofy on it and so you basically have to like bait you have to bait out shots and that's always dangerous in in rainbow i think like but if you can if you can bait out the single shot you can work out where that that's coming from and uh try and do something about it uh as long as you don't get fucking headshot on that immediate single shot so yeah the other thing is like when you're going upstairs is don't go up like there's this real tendency to hug the wall as you go up mm. because you can use that sort of as to guide you on the way up uh so that you know when you're like at the wall like when you need to strafe up to the second part of the stairs or whatever uh, but you need to find an odd angle. You need to be at an off angle to go up those stairs to make sure that you don't get headshot by someone who knows where your head would be. Because if you think like if you think about going up the stairs, right, and you want to fucking pound someone who's gone up the stairs, right? If if you are baiting someone out, you want them to take a shot that isn't on target. But if you are waiting for someone to come up those stairs, you put your cursor where their head will be when they get to the stairwell and then you press the button and they die. So if you come in at an off angle uh, and there's not a lot of space because fucking set of stairs. Uh, but if you come in at an off angle, uh, if they are specifically going for the headshot, then you can get away with it. Um, if they go for the body shot, you'll still probably eat some shit, but you can hopefully get back down the stairs and then deal with them. Yeah. Uh, that's like, that is honestly how I approach stairs every time. And actually the way I approach stairs most of the time is to go back outside and going through a fucking window because good God, I hate going upstairs. Hmm. Yeah. Any, any thoughts, Luke? Any tips with uh, uh, Rainbow Six noobs? I don't know, man. Like that, Rainbow Six is one of those games where, yeah, you can get destroyed from pretty much anywhere because, like, so many walls you can shoot through, and there's not like, oh, this is a spot where someone will be, or that, like, you could be killed from another room that's not even in the one you're in, like two two rooms away. It's just that type of game where you've got to be aware of pretty much everything. Um, like one of the things I try to tend to do is I'll, I'll drone in. I'm not usually one of the people that is like, oh, let's go. If the bomb site has been found, I don't usually go, let's go to the bomb site. Um, I'll stick my drone somewhere that I know people will be running past, or like I'll try to look for roamers, like to see who's not in the main room. And yep. then I'll be like, all right, well, this, I know this area is clear. This is my entrance. And from there, I can sort of start clearing out other rooms. Like um, if I'm on Hereford, for example, I don't, I don't jump in. If the bomb's at the top floor, I don't jump in on the second floor and start working my way up. I'll, I'll start somewhere a bit lower, make sure everything's clear, mm-hmm. and then go up from there because there could be two people downstairs that are waiting for action to start and then they'll come up behind you. It's getting an idea of um, how like a lot of the mechanics work, but also making sure that um, you're working with your team as well because, yeah, it, you want to try and... It's cool to play that game with other people, um, like have someone backing you up and if you can't do that it does make it a bit harder you've got to rely on that drone because um, yeah. you can say hey I'll be on the drone and you can walk around hey this room's clear you can go in now and then yeah. while they're you in that stagger. Room, yeah you can go in and then it's like that movement um, whereas if you're playing by yourself it does make it a bit harder or, or at least try and communicate with other people hey this room's clear like we were playing um, the other day on I don't know if you're the, the game we are playing on yacht 
uh, and one of the guys in the server who wasn't in our group was like, hey, there's a guy coming up behind you. He's droning behind me. He's in the hallway. And I turn around and the guy runs in the hallway. And so we kill him. And I'm like, hey, thanks, Matt. Um, and then I get killed by a second guy that comes through the hallway. But at least he, you know, he gave me the warning on the first one. Like, um, that sort of information is like telling other players what's going on in the map is, is really key. Um, yeah. You know, oh, there's three people in the bomb site. That means we know there's two other people roaming around somewhere. And, you know, it, that sort of stuff is is cool to know. Um, but yeah, just getting s- screwed from places, that's something that's just always going to happen, I feel like. Um, like, yeah. we get done, oh, there's a dude peeking out a window. There's a dude running outside of the map. Uh, that's just something that you've got to kind of get used to because it does. You can get shot from anywhere, <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah. And you've just got to play the game slowly and sort of take your time um yeah i don't know everybody learns like try playing different characters and getting to know how they work mm. um i go through phases like i'm, I'm enjoying playing cap can at the moment i think he's in a good spot i like that he's got a lot of devices to work with yeah um now like it doesn't doesn't one shot kill people but it gives you information as well like oh mm. that trap just went off and i know where that one is kind of there's people coming from that way and I know they're going to have... It's going to take me one or two bullets to down that person because they've already been hit. They're, they're already down halfway. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah Le- Legion's similar. Yeah, That's why I've been I've been loving Legion, even though he wears shorts. Um, like, seven. He's got seven fucking stingers, and they are ridiculous. They don't do a lot of damage, but it is guaranteed information, and... It is a mad pain in the ass if you get stung by one. And the amount of times, like, yeah, I'll, I'll you'll just wa- walk out of fucking a game uh, with, like, literally, it was, it'll was it be a three-round game. Uh, you'll have won. And, yeah, two rounds of defense, and you'll walk out with, like, zero kills and, fi- uh, and ten assists hmm. because you have someone's gotten like walked into a stinger every single player on the other team has walked into one of your stingers if you're putting them in the right spots and then you'll have other games where like your moron teammates will castle up fucking windows so the fuse has a fucking free run at blowing the fuck out of everything and all your stingers will die and you'll be like cool uh i guess i'm a dude who wears shorts in this map because i don't get to fucking sting anyone yeah yeah stupid um, the Rainbow Six Siege Pro League is on at the moment, so mm. that that's probably a good way to check out how some of the pros play. It is very different to your casual games, but it, it'll give you an idea. He's in bronze, so he's playing like he's playing competitive at least. Um, but no, but what I'm saying is it gives you an idea of of how slow they take that game. Yeah, like yeah, they, that's it. Right, like extremely they extremely slow. They will, will inch their way through, mm. and then once they feel they've got enough information and sometimes they don't but once once they feel like they've got enough or the time has come that they don't have a fucking choice they will just fucking ball in and like the game or a round will resolve itself inside of like 20 seconds yeah um yeah that that is the that's the difference between how the pros play and uh how i find a lot of public games go is that yeah public games are like constant action because people want Just constant jump. action yeah. but but yeah it's a it is a like you can learn a lot about information gathering from those games as well so that it's worth watching mm-hmm. for that as well 
Yeah, you know, great question. Yeah, just good stuff. Good to see people jumping in the siege. Yeah, a lot of love. It's the, I think it was like the tenth most played game of last year or something. I was reading according uh, to yeah, according you know, to like in sales. Really? Did, you, did you see that in Australia? It's like third at the moment in sales. The last awesome. two or three weeks, like top oh, three yeah. for a fucking game that came out two years, three years ago. Yeah, a game that came out three years ago. It's in the top three in sales. That's nuts. Um, all right, that's that's questions. Is that it? Anything else you want to talk about? No. Uh, no. No, all right, that's the show. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Android, and the Windows Store under The Gap or the GA Podcast, um, Australia's best esports podcast. The email address if you want to send us any questions is thegapodcast at gmail.com or you can jump into our Discord page, which is thegapodcast.com slash Discord, just like Baz and Johnny Bravo did. Yep. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do that. Facebook.com slash GA podcast, Twitter.com slash GA podcast, or you can go to our website, which is the GA podcast.com. It's got all the links to everything we just talked about, including our past shows. Um, if you want to go listen to the first episode of the Dote 2 podcast that we did in 2013, that'd be exciting. Um, you can go do that. But that's all thanks to our Patreon members. If you want to help support the show, you can go to Patreon dot com slash ga podcast uh it's muchly appreciated people that do that uh helps help support our show and keep the website up because uh it's been crashing a lot lately <laughs> oh yeah yeah because we're we're hammering it we are because you guys are awesome and all our patrons are awesome and all our listeners are awesome uh but yeah we've been fucking hammering that shit <laughs> we are hammering that so hard the um they they send they send us a lot of emails. I've said this before. They send us a lot of emails every once in a while. Like, hey, you guys want to upgrade? Because oh gosh, <laughs> our, our server keeps dying, and we're like, nah, we don't have the money. We're fine. We're good. We're cool. We're it's cool. Fine. And then I get emails from Joe being like, the server keeps crashing. I'm trying to do stuff and it won't work. And I'm like, I know, because uh, then when I try and do stuff, it it crashes like four or five times. Um, but then they emailed us the other day and said they're updating our server. So hopefully that will stop. Yeah, um, okay. fingers crossed. Excellent. But yeah, appreciate everyone that that's listening because we're doing really good numbers at the moment. Like in terms of last year, usually our busiest months are um, around uh, E3, around June, yeah. Um, yeah. and also towards the end of the year when like a lot of games coming out, which is understandable. Everyone yep. wants to hear about the new greatest things, um, and so we like our numbers for January, February so far have been on par with our some of our biggest numbers from. Um, from those those periods of the year from last year which is cool awesome like yeah. in terms of like j- this is usually our slow, slow it sort period, of starts yeah. off slow after December and then we creep up and we're always doing better and better every year but yeah for us to be back up to where like the busy parts of the year were last year that that's awesome that's really good to see so big thumbs up to everybody out there sick awesome yeah you got anything you want to pimp yeah, um, go on to Red Bull Esports and check out uh, my. I did a big story about BAM 10, um, uh, Battle Arena Melbourne 10. And uh, yeah, that's up now. Uh, I talked to one of the, the organizers uh, about it. It looks like some really cool shit's going to happen. Um, I do a bit of speculation, but I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty sure I am right about a bunch of stuff. Um, Soul Calibur Six, uh, uh, like maybe, 
possibly, plausibly, will be there. Um, and, and like Tekken Seven is going to be like a master event there and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it should be awesome. Uh, so yeah, check that out for all my thoughts. And uh, yeah, all right. That's that's that, and that's all I got for this week. Um, yeah, no, I did a story last week about the AFL and IGN and all that on IGN. So check that out. But otherwise, yeah, that's all I got this week. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, actually, I did a story. Um, five tips for getting started at Sea of Thieves which uh, should be more engaging than my why the water, uh, well, sorry, how much I love the water in Sea of Thieves article that uh, I did the other week that um, apparently was a bit shallow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyway, check that out on Phantom. Cool. And yeah. Cool. Um, I, this must have just happened while we were, were doing this podcast. Uh, the Dota 2 International is moving up to Canada this year. Oh, yeah, no, that happened earlier today, actually. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think I can talk a bit about this. Uh, there was speculation at the start of, or the end of last year, that it would be moved somewhere else um, because a key arena uh, was getting going through renovations during the time when the internationals normally, normally on. Um, so there was people saying that, hey, we think that it's not going to be there this year. So, yeah, they were correct. Uh, they're moving it to Canada. But it's still, like, close to Seattle, right? Vancouver? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm bad at geography, cool. uh, but pretty cool. Um, I doubt I will go, so we'll uh, we'll have our own viewing party here. Yeah. Maybe we go. I heard Spawn Point does viewing parties. Yeah, Maybe but we, the games are on usually quite. We could get like on the list. We could, and then we could go there, and then they could tell us that we're not. On the, do you have a ballot? You're not, I'm not allowed. To you. Did you steal that? Did you steal that? Uh, right um for me you can find me on twitter.com slash luke laurie l-a-w-r-i-e or you can go to survivor.com and uh check out some of my work over there i think i'll be talking about some netgear stuff some stage yeah looks like they've tried to call me while we're recording um and what else yeah there's other things i had like a article go up the other day for an interview i did with um the creative director of Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, uh, yep. Awesome. So go go read that if you're interested in Siege. And uh, that's it, yeah. I did some news. I did some late shift news because I'm up late at night and I thought that were interesting to write about. So go check it out. Sick. Yeah. Cool. That's all for me. Nice. All right. See you, Thieves, next week. Are you excited? I am. Uh, I'm pumped. Yeah. Going to get those gold bananas. Oh, <laughs> you, you're still about the gold bananas no, no I'm okay. trying to talk everybody away from the gold bananas because I think that's stupid I, I do think it cutting into precious Sea of Thieves game it's true if they did this before the game was out I'd be all about it but that's that's silly silly marketing I feel like they've made a mistake a mistake yeah alright that's it thanks everyone listening catch you all next week word bye bye